This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Pinocchio. Is that the sandwich that comes with prosciutto, uh, salami, and also a nice uh, bolognese sauce? Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hi! Hello, how are you? Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into movies, be it most supportive for your review, the occasional commentary track, or some other fun movie topic. This is episode, this is episode 506, 506. We're real boys now. <laughs> boys, to, <laughs> boys to men. <laughs> we don't even talk anymore. Uh, B, D, B, D. Um, we, don't, we don't even talk <laughs> Only when we were in Motown, Philly. Yeah, or when or when it's back here again well, to the end of the road <laughs> like why even use pinocchio themes on the soundtrack this week we could just put boys we to could just use boys to bed yeah exactly bed. uh joining us this week uh, what are we talking about we're talking today we mentioned we're talking about pinocchio uh <laughs> this week we're talking pinocchio uh the new robert zemeckis live action take Whoop. on disney's pinocchio and joining us to go over such things we have from Milky Way Blues, when he wishes upon a star, they tell him to come back later. It's Yancey Burns. It's very true. Hey, fellas. How Glad are to you be Yancey? here. Glad to have you here. How are Glad you? Glad to have you. I'm good. I'm good. It's hot. Glad to, glad to have you on a on a regular show. We always get you on the commentaries. So nice to have you. And on, on the on. like the Halloween episodes. <laughs> Me too. I never get a chance to see new movies as quickly as some of you guys do with this one because it was Disney streaming. I watched it at six in the morning with my son. <laughs> it was on morning our games. It was on the new annual holiday, Disney Plus Day, so you oh, had, yeah, you had, right. you had yeah. to celebrate the right way. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Uh, but yes, glad to have you here, and we look forward to talking about this movie and more. But let's get to some show notes real quick. Uh, first up, speaking of Pinocchio and commentaries, our commentary for this month is going to be for the original 1940 Pinocchio. What? Yes. We're going to step back in time. We got the fairy on the, on the episode, too. She's 96, but she we got her. That's being generous, but yes. Okay, well, she's 96. <laughs> she was three when she recorded it. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, we do plan to talk about Pinocchio, the original, uh, which would be a fun counterpoint to this film. Uh, but that is the uh, that is the plan for this month's commentary track. Um, next month is October. And you know what that means. Oh, oh, That's right. Boy. We're going to pick up our candy cord. We're going to grab our skeletons. We're going to do other things that are weird allusions to Halloween. And then we're going to talk about <laughs> horror movies. Because I was hoping that you were going to go with all the other terrible candies that are out there uh, when you start out with candy corn. So uh, This is an editing point. I, I did do that. This is 30 minutes later. Okay, now that I've wrapped up all the candies <laughs> that he's talking about. <laughs> but, yeah. Man, those are some terrible candies. I don't know why you would eat them. <laughs> But yeah, we it is October, which does mean it's going to be our annual um, horror episode month. We'll have plenty of bonus episodes uh, covering various aspects of horror. We have a few ideas in mind already, but yeah. the, it's, it's going to be fun. It's always fun to do these. Always fun to get fun guests on here and talk about horror in a variety of ways. Uh, so, so stay tuned. Uh, but I will, I'll say this right up front because this is exciting for our commentary. Just for, it'll give people time to prep, which is always nice. Uh, com- our commentary for next month is going to be for Nosferatu. Uh, celebrating its 100th anniversary. Oh, wow. So uh, we figured, let's do a commentary track for Nosferatu. Only 100. That's pretty young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's one of those yeah. younger vampires. Exactly. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's the Colin Robinson of, of vampires <laughs> it, 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 among the vampire movies. <laughs> uh, all right. But yeah, that that is the plan for October, of course, our October horror episode. It's a lot of fun things going to come out of that. Can't wait. And uh, speaking of fun, 
all of this fun that you're already hearing. If you want to hear more of it, you can log on to, that's right, iTunes. And you can find our show and you can find so many hours of fun. <laughs> and then, probably like, uh, you probably guess around like 6,000, 7,000 hours, maybe? I mean, if we have... 500 plus like 100, 200 extra episodes. That's a lot of hours of that recording. And presuming that those are all about an hour and a half to two hours, yeah, you get to it. Yeah, you get. You let's get see, to let's let's give ourselves like a, a nice ten thousand hours. <laughs> you get a lot of hours, that's for sure. <laughs> all of that means, though, that it's on there, and you could also give us a rating and review for this show. If you like this nonsense, you could be like, you know what? I want to celebrate that nonsense by rating it because that's how we work in the world. We rate things to make sure our <laughs> approval is known. <laughs> so you can rate the show and then you can write some words down, preferably good ones, and explain why you like our show. <laughs> if you really want to, please give us 10,000 reviews and ratings. That'd be great. You that, sort of make 10,000 different email accounts. That would be great. That would, that would bump be, us way up in the iTunes charts. That would be crazy. We'd be taking on WTF with Mark Marin. <laughs> Take that. Who's this new upstart podcast yeah. with 600 episodes? And He's going to be in his garage just like scheming up a plan to get us. That's that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. Uh, to create a Take rivalry. Taking on Mark Marin. Yeah, yeah, to create a rivalry between us and Mark <laughs> Marin. That's, that's the way to go. Okay. Uh, okay. So yeah, all of that nonsense being said, iTunes rating ratings would be good to get those. Thank you. Okay, let's move on from all this and get to something way different. Not really. We're going to talk about movies. Uh, let's get us about no quickies. Each week that we went to talk about during week that was going to quickies. Tim, I was happy. It's pretty good. Uh, Abe, what have you seen recently? I've been catching up with a lot of television. You and I were texting back and forth. Uh, Rick and Morty season six started. Uh, episode one is out. It's going to be their last season, so if you haven't picked up on Rick and Morty, feel free to start. It's a little bit weird, kind of uh, takes a few episodes to get into in terms of like how they're very sardonic uh, in, in this in the series. Um, and beyond that, we're, let's turn to Sports Corner. Let me put on my baseball cap here. Uh, He's turning US... it around backwards. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Mark, Mark Hoffmeyer callback. Um, the U.S. Open was on uh for tennis and uh, the last few weeks, this last week was the quarterfinals and semifinals. And today, today and yesterday were the, the finals for the men's and women's incredible stuff, incredible tennis being played. Uh, I would recommend it for anybody. I, I guess you can't really watch it again, unless you're going to watch sports center at like midnight, but it was pretty great. Ask me if you have any questions around tennis, love to talk to you about it, but uh, the winners were well-deserved. Um, it was incredible matches from from both the men's and women's singles finals uh, winners. Abe, have you played tennis? You know, I wish that I had more people to play tennis with. I can volley or I can rally back and forth, but I can't play on the level of um, you know even like your your ninety six year old clubhouse person down the street. <laughs> so, so whoever like Blanche is gonna beat me any day of the week. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the amount of modesty, self-deprecation, and the, a name pull for someone that's ninety-six-year-old being Blanche. All good stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and her and her partner Mort. <laughs> Mort, yeah. yeah. Morton. Uh yeah, exactly. Morton. <laughs> but yeah, no, a lot of a lot of sports this week. Okay. Well, thanks for the sports update. Exactly. Turn turn that hat back around now. Yeah, let, let me uh, let me send off the right way. Uh, back to you, Aaron. Okay, thank you, Yancy. <laughs> what have you been watching recently? No, you know I don't get to see too much uh, lately because I've got a, a two and a half year old and a six month at home, or we or we do my wife and I. Um, so I see things. I see chunks of things. You know, I got Thor: Love and Thunder. 
which feels like a death sentence right now, but that's waiting to be watched. I'm halfway through Elvis, so I can't comment there. Um, I did the other morning watch. I watch a lot of movies in the morning with my son when when I'm the one who wakes up with him at six. We watched Wally this morning in anticipation of the Criterion 4K that was announced. Very exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's very exciting. And he hasn't seen Wally too many times or if at all. So we watched that this morning and I was struck by, I always think of the first sort of 30 minutes of that movie as the whole movie. Mm-hmm. sort of you know charlie chaplin little tramp by himself on this planet and then the girl comes that's such a small part of the movie and i really found watching it this time that it was the last hour or so on the on the ship not to spoil this movie but on the ship with the captain slowly trying to get his nerve up and, and with the, you know the sample flying around that's to me when that movie really starts to fire on all cylinders and becomes you know a masterpiece and i yeah. just watching it today i was like this is why they they picked this uh why criterion is doing this one first because it really is it's like pixar often does it just you know at a certain point you're just so dazzled by the different bits and gags and the emotions that are going at the same time terrific terrific movie then i watched also watched in parts and pieces i watched uh, the 4k disc of paul schrader's cat people which always it's It's a lot like wally yeah a lot like wally Um, right yeah interesting movie i always liked it there's I a think lot they both rated G, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. G for good. <laughs> G for good. I um to go back to Wally for a second. Like, yeah, I think Wally is one of their. I mean, they have a number Top of three, them, but it's one of it's been like it's a tie for first with me for those wow. for that and a couple others because I just think it's spiffy. Yeah, there's Nemo and Incredibles, but like, but right. Wally, you know, it's interchangeable as far as which one I like the most. But Wally is one where, like, if we ever did a commentary for it, it'd just be me pointing out like everything that I love about Wally every two <laughs> seconds because it's yeah. just it'd be me Leo pointing that meme yeah. the whole movie because yeah. I do and I cigarette in hand and I completely agree with you, Yancy. Where I, I don't think that's where people necessarily write it off, but I do think there is a tendency to kind of promote Wally as a yeah, the first part is amazing and then the rest is fine. But I, I, I entirely agree that it is when he goes into space and meets people and just the way his curiosity infects the world around him and makes everybody else curious that just makes it utterly brilliant to me I yeah think. you wouldn't want to see charlie chaplin on a planet by himself the, the little tramp that would be sort of sad and strange and him interacting with other people in new york city or in, in this case on a spaceship it, that's where it, you know the friction happens yeah yeah but yeah i, I adore wally i think it's wonderful uh anything else it's you cat people wally oh anything Sports? else yeah, yeah. No, no sports, sports. No sports guys uh hat staying forward yeah the hat stays forward uh, i can't i can't think of anything else substantial or interesting that i watched in the last week or so unless aaron you can remember me saying anything to you in a text if i, I if, so. I, if i think of something i'll shout it out for you but let me let me <laughs> let's keep moving <laughs> but yeah I'll, I'll try to keep that in mind oh moonfall that's right we there did watch, you watch okay. moonfall. moonfall we oh. watched moonfall um how'd that which, go yeah <laughs> sounds about right yeah i mean as it opposed was to Wally, made out I of think. used parts and uh-huh. it didn't need the whole patrick wilson needs to redeem himself element i don't think i think it the really doesn't <laughs> things enough sometimes a movie like that is enough but mm-hmm. you know i feel like roland emmerich only gets to knock one out of the park once every 15 or 20 so it's just Sounds about know, right. it's, it's every other thing. moonfall he gets stuck <laughs> yeah he, you know he's really... i i do think the end is where it come it really came i mean it's like little scattered things like gravity wave and whatnot but mm-hmm. like 
when the end's like, and now we're going to dump like 20 minutes of otherworldly exposition on you. I'm like, what is this movie? And why, why am I not getting more of this right away? Because right. it's wild. I thought the very stiff Halle Berry too, which was odd. I haven't seen her that. They don't get to let her play very much in it because she plays she like was, the, she plays the straightest yeah. character yeah. of the three yeah. of them. She didn't seem into it at all, which I, I couldn't blame her. But you know, I'll always see a movie like that. Yeah, that's yeah, all I can say. Yeah, the, well, the moon was falling on Earth. They got to anything. Uh, I'll see it. Terrific yeah. premise, but weird execution. Uh, I've seen a few things uh, mm-hmm. that I'll make note of. This one doesn't come out for a while, I don't think. But but for a know. while for a while but uh it's a broker this is the newest movie from hirakazu korita who uh, previously made like shoplifters among other oh, films yeah. so that's the most recent cool. one this is his newest film and it features it's a korean draw he's a i believe a japanese uh, uh filmmaker but he's a korean film um and it stars um what's his name song kang ho um from a parasite among many mm-hmm. other um <laughs> yes <laughs> um uh bong joon ho movies uh mm-hmm. yeah anyway, it's song kang ho he's in this movie um it is it the premise sounds more dramatic than I think the the movie actually is because the movie I wouldn't say it's fully lighthearted but it's it there's there's kind of an adventure to take place here but it's set in Korea at a time where a, a woman tries to there's like these things called baby boxes where basically a, a person could drop off their baby so it could be go into like an orphanage like an orphan system essentially right uh, a woman does a woman kind of half does it because she leaves the baby outside the baby box uh but then comes back the next day to try to claim it doesn't work that way and the people in charge of this specific area want to sell off the baby to pay off debts and it becomes this weird road trip between the three of them as they try to find the match for this child to be sold off it's a little more complicated than that but it ostensibly works as kind of this road movie Mm -hmm. um that's intriguing to watch uh to say the least like i think it does a good job of establishing who these characters are and kind of the parameters of the story quite well and it mainly works as like a character study uh but it's quite good uh, I, I would uh by the time it actually comes out I, I would certainly recommend it when's that i believe it's like december um but it's oh, like it's like yeah, yeah. like when it actually comes out but it's like touring festivals and maybe okay. it has maybe it gets like a limited release earlier than that but i think it's like december when it comes out but it's like well, i don't want to forget this so yeah. i just wanted to put it out uh i saw a couple other movies uh one's called moon man mm. this is a chinese blockbuster that made its way to u.s theaters uh speaking of movies about the moon uh this film <laughs> this is this is going to be fun to explain the idea is that there's a giant colony on the moon uh full of people uh they suddenly have to leave said moon uh because the purpose of them being there was to kind of like help study and stop asteroids from hitting earth uh but the situation arises where an asteroid's going to hit the moon so they have to leave that they ought to leave the moon um one man is left behind by accident so he's stuck on the moon asteroids hit the moon is okay uh the, the, their structure still stands so he can like survive however an asteroid does hit the earth which destroys the earth oh <laughs> so he's it's good thing he misses alarm that day so there are developments from there that i won't get into but yeah. he's essentially the last person around and he's stuck on the moon yeah and that's where it goes it's a comedy. <laughs> oh, it is. Okay. <laughs> it is a, I guess like an adventure comedy would be the way to put it, but it uh-huh. is a comedy, but it's quite good. Like okay. it, it, it takes some, 
I wouldn't say swings, but it take, it makes some choices to kind of highlight that it is a comedy. Like it, it's mm-hmm. a little bit broad, but I still think by the end of the film, you're attached enough to what's going on to care about where things are going to go. And the stakes get to a place where you're very much intrigued by what's going to, wh- how that's all going to shake out. Got it. Uh, so okay. I, I, so I, it, it's quite good. It, yeah. It's basically like China's the Martian. Like that's really that's the way it, like, it. Yeah. It, yeah. it very much feels like China's the Martian, uh, but it's good. It's a good, it's a good movie. So I, I certainly, mm-hmm. it has this limited American run and, you know, I saw a premise that said, man is the last person on the moon. <laughs> I'm like, sure. <laughs> Why was he that immediately? <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, a couple other movies I'll mention real quick. Uh, first up is see how they run. This is coming out next week. Uh, it's the kind of murder mystery taking place in the 50s featuring Sam Rockwell and Saoirse Ronan mm-hmm. as they get the cops that are looking into it. Uh, it's very slight, but it's entertaining. Uh, well, okay. well, it's not a lot there. Yeah. Uh, and I think because Sam Rockwell's playing English, but he kind of like half does it. I don't know if it's a miscasting or if just his take on the role could have been different. Mm-hmm. But it just like, I don't like it just doesn't like quite click with the, like for being the lead character. Eep. You 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 want it to like really you want the movie to move quicker than it does like it t- it takes it's kind of lethargic in its pacing got it and That's in a, a way where like obviously you can look like Wes Anderson films and see a lot of similarities between that and this and mm-hmm. there's a reason why Wes Anderson makes movies that you know tend to be acclaimed and have something going for them where this feels like it it's trying to ape that to a degree but it's just not quite hitting it all the way that said it's still fun like it still mm-hmm. has it's still like. I wouldn't say race out to the theater to see it, but it still right. like has its quirky charm. Saoirse Ronan's quite good in it. She seems to have the right energy for this movie. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's okay. Like it's okay. Uh, and the last movie I recommend is God's Country. Uh, this is a new movie with, with uh, Tandy Wee Newton. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a kind of modern western set in Montana. Uh, she plays a woman living in a farm. She's a she's a professor who lives, oh yeah she works in like in town but she has a farm out in the country mm-hmm. and men start kind of parking on her land and she doesn't like it very much uh and it kind of goes from there as far as delving into a story about uh, dealing with uh kind of uh gender class race mm-hmm. various things in the midst of also being this modern western it, it's yeah. over that's got like a lot to say but it's doing it within a genre um a little messy maybe but tandy Newton's very good in it Mm-hmm. Uh, she got a lot of praise out of Sundance for this movie. I can see why she's very good in the movie. It's got a lot of style to it, as far as the look of this thing for being a kind of a low budget movie. Oh, um, so I, I so it's, I'd I'd recommend it for sure. Like it's yeah, it's a tense trailer for sure. It's a very yeah, and it has moments that are very tense. Yeah, um, and it's certainly it it's an interesting like it would be an interesting movie to discuss. I'll say that. As oh, far as the okay. Like prov- kind of the conversations it provokes based on what it's trying to do. Writing that down. So yeah. That's my stuff. That's enough, please. Right back. All right, let's move on now. Let's get to uh, some of the new, newest movie. Let's do some trailer talk. We talk about some of the newest movie trailers of the week when they're coming out, what we thought of them, what have you. And this week, we got a couple trailers that we want to get into because they're both um, stop motion animated films coming to Netflix. Um, one of them is another version of Pinocchio. What? This one directed by Guillermo del Toro um, and co-directed by Mark Gustafson. Um, it's his, I believe, his first animated feature. Uh, the other film is Henry Selick's return with Wendell and Wilde, starring Key and Peele. Uh, so we got two stop motion animated features coming to Netflix. Uh, both certainly have, you know, renowned directors uh, at their helm. I- I'm curious between, the, like, if you went to like between the two of them, 
uh, Yancey, which what which one like excites you more? Oh, um, the Henry Selick. I, I think I love Guillermo Toro. Certainly, I loved his last movie. Um, but uh, the Selick and Jordan Peele one looks more like um, it reminds me of Paranorman a little bit in the looks of it, and mm-hmm. it just it looks like my kind of thing. The Pinocchio trailer, the Del Toro one, is very lovely to look at, but. There's a whole, there's been a whole genre for so many years now of people doing, redoing the stories that Walt Disney bought and turned into his famous movies. And ever since, you know, the Snow White and the Tale of Terror and there was Benini's Pinocchio, there's mm-hmm. many Pinocchios, there's many Peter Pans, there's another Peter Pan coming. I'm almost less interested in somebody's bold new take on Pinocchio that shows you what Walt wouldn't show you than I was in just seeing what Zemeckis was going to do with the iconography of the, of the, um, of, of the, the 40 1940 movie because i think pinocchio the wizard of oz peter pan some of these stories just i think they've plumbed ai as pinocchio and its genes and i love ai it's one of my favorite movies but even that i feel like the pinocchio stuff is not as as meaningful as it as, as it as it should be and i feel like those i'm just i'm not as interested in in seeing a new sort of balls out version of these familiar stories as i, as I used to be if i ever was um just frankly cherishing. I've never read the Carla Collodi story. I don't know that if I read it, I would like it more than the, the 1940 Disney film, but the 1940 Disney film is a huge favorite film of mine. So that's my definitive Pinocchio. So at this point, I was more interested in seeing the, the Zemeckis thing. But since they're both free, and I'll see them both on day one. <laughs> I'll be on your show again to talk about the Del Toro, which I'm sure is good. He wouldn't waste his time doing such a familiar story if it didn't have its own angle. Um. They both look good. They both will be seen by me, no doubt. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will note that Wendell Wild, yes, is it's also co. It's written by Henry Selick and Peel. Um, right. It also features Angela Bassett, James Hong, and Ving Rhames. Uh, Pinocchio uh, features the voices of Ewan McGregor, Christoph Waltz, Tilda Swinton, Ron Perlman, Finn Wolfhard, Kate Blanchett, Tim Blake Nelson, John Turturro. A lot of people in there. Wow. Um, wow. But hey, how about you? Where, which where where does your interest lie more? Yeah, both of them are definitely things that i'm gonna watch for sure um they are from two filmmakers that i really enjoy uh, and they kind of bring their own sort of things i am more in the pinocchio camp mostly just because of what del toro could do with it i definitely agree with you yancy you bring up great points about you know how a story can be tired out and sort of uh wrung out uh and what other different facets can you do but for whatever reason, I mean the um, the McGregor uh, voiceover and and sort of narrator aspect of it, and also just the way that it looks, and I, I was kind of digging it, and I'm curious to see how it's going to go here. Del Toro always gives a hundred percent of his effort whenever he's doing something, whether that turns out to be a boomer or bust. But I'm curious to see about that. So I would be more in the Pinocchio camp, but I mean I'm definitely going to see both of them. Yeah, it's certainly, you know, as we do these, they tend to not be a matter of you can only see one. It's just more of, you know, what it, where's the interest lie? I, I would say Wendell and Wild for me, but obviously Del Toro is one of my favorite filmmakers. And the idea of him making a Pinocchio that's set, I believe, in like fascist Italy. So there's going to be some kind of, you yeah. know, political background going on with that film. I, I want to know what that's going to be. Um, but yeah. Wendell and Wild, Henry Selleck hasn't made a movie in a while. <laughs> it's, right. it's, it's Coraline. Um, that's a long time. And just seeing the footage of this, it's a good reminder that his stop motion movies, they really stand out as their own thing. Like you they can, re- you can re- like mm-hmm. looking at a slate of stop motion movies, you can pick his out from them. 
Yeah. And I and I think that's something that's something pretty special to like think about and play, you know, a, with a filmmaker, like an auteur that can make this animation very specifically look like a, a piece of his own. Mm-hmm. Um, add to that, Henry Henry so like tend to deliver. I mean, I, I love Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Coraline. I like James and the Giant Peach. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure someone's corpse bride. Someone's got his corpse corpse. Well, that's that's pure Burton, I believe. I don't think Henry Selick's it Burton? It's Burton's directing for oh, sure. I, I, oh, I don't I don't about. think Henry Selick's but I think they fell out after um oh. Nightmare Before Christmas. Well, if I'm not mistaken. Shoot. I'm not I'm not I believe that's the case though. Yeah. Um and going back to just the general idea of that these are both stop motion movies, mm-hmm. they're both probably a good bet because of the amount of work and consideration that goes into an animated movie at all is always you're always gonna second guess and try to and, and an animated movie is almost always going to, especially an adult skewing one, like both of these are slightly adult skewing. Yeah, this one, Wendell Wells, PG-13, Gilman Toros. Yeah. Chances yeah. going to be terrible is almost zero because you've got people really working hard on them, whereas the live action film is much easier to get very wrong. So right. In that way, yes. And in terms of you know animation, obviously every animation form has varying challenges and requires a degree of work. Something I do like about both of these, though, what I'm seeing so far, and with Selic films in general, for stop motion, like we love Leica on this podcast, we are big Leica proponents. Yeah. I I know we've talked about this before with guest David. Yeah, it's they use that kind of that smoothing technology to kind of erase the whole, like the little things that you can like mm-hmm. just the, like the little the, the the stuff that you can kind of see and see how it's stop motion, right? They smooth it oh. out. I like that Henry Selick's film doesn't seem to be doing that. It does seem to be looking like you can see the work you can see the the animation <laughs> taking place what you uh, want to see are any of these movies fake stop motion they're actually just cg has that been done yeah uh Ardman did it with what flushed away right okay. that, was, that, that, uh, yeah. that kind of yeah, does that yeah uh like there i know what you're asking and there's uh, that's like one example i can think of. i think there's a few others I feel like that, there's got to be a few more there's yeah. a few others that try to like yeah give you the semblance of stop motion despite but it was all done together, together. yeah yeah, yeah. But like, I don't think that, you know, it's not like they lie to you. It's just more of that's their style. But like, style. I, yeah, but yes, obviously, it's like look, seeing the real thing in action, it's a trip still, I think, to yeah. just kind of to kind of like see the imperfections. Essentially. It's always a treat. I love yeah, it. Whenever... It's, you see the human artist moving around the piece and it, it, yeah. it, it reminds you that it's someone it's not just some machine bumping it out. I love stop motion. I think it's one of the favorite parts helped. about the like credits. You'll you'll see it at the end there where mm-hmm. all the people will be working on this. These massive structures that have, uh, you know, people running up to them over and over again. Thousands of, of frames. Yeah, yeah exactly. To, to produce five minutes of footage. Right. <laughs> All day, just moving one thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? so it's incredible but, artistry at work. It is. Sure. So, why King Kong is still, you can still watch it 70, 80 years later because that's just, you can see the humanity in the animation yeah. of that animation. Good character. point. Very much it so. seems more human than the human actors in that movie. Yep. <laughs> well, <laughs> it can't all be Merlin. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, so Wendell and Wild arrives on Netflix on October 28th. Okay. Pinocchio arrives on Netflix on December 9th. Uh, okay. I, I, I'd like to think that they might get like limited theatrical releases before then. It sounds like they might to some degree. They tend to because they need to for like Academy considerations. Academy so, considerations. So, right. But, but uh, yeah, that's when they'll be streaming for all. For all. So great. All right. Let's move on. Let's get to our let's get to our main review for speaking of Pinocchio. <laughs> Hello, Pops. Oh! Oh! <laughs> Jumping jeepers. An almost real boy. <laughs> Turn around. Let me get a look at you. I will be right here when you get back. 
Pinocchio is running around loose without a conscience? Can you imagine the trouble he's gonna get into? Wouldn't want that on my conscience. Everybody who's anybody wants to be a somebody. But I want to be real. Why on earth would you want to be real when you can be famous? Okay, that should have been some of the trailer for Pinocchio. We've seen a variety of 90s and classic Disney animated films turned into live action movies now, and now we're having Pinocchio. Robert Zemeckis and frequent collaborator Tom Hanks have come together to deliver a film that's designed to evoke the 1940 animated film in a near shot-for-shot retelling in many instances. We once again watch a lonely woodcarver, Geppetto, make a wooden boy only for him to come to life and learn the ways of being a boy full of curiosity. This takes him on many adventures that range from imprisonment in a puppet show to the bad boy behaviors found on Pleasure Island to the thrills of taking on the massive sea monster Monstro. It's just a good thing Pinocchio's conscience is always nearby, trying to help the kid make the best decisions. Yancey, where have you been with Disney's attempt to milk nostalgia for money and some creativity, and what do you think of this film? I have... These live-action versions of the Disney uh, animated classic movies are the first time I can really look at Disney and be truly disappointed and go, this is a, this is a craven movie. You're just trying to monetize these properties, which you're, instead of the way you used to do it by re-releasing them again and again on VHS and DVD and then pulling them back or releasing them in theaters, the only way to monetize them is to negate them. Really. You make another version of Pinocchio that is not 80 years old. And now of course there will be some kids who just see this one, never see the 1940 movie. And it's not like how they've monetized these old titles in the past they really are if you haven't seen the animated snow white pinocchio baby dumbo fantasia you can't watch the live action remake and feel that you've seen it now um so i've been bewildered and especially the recent ones the ones that are based on movies from the last 20 25 years those are bewildering to me totally because why can't you just watch well, the, the cartoon aladdin again well you can't monetize it again so it's not for us at all it's for them that said, <laughs> um, of the ones I've seen, of the ones I've seen, and I haven't seen all of them um, all the way through. Um, this Zemeckis Pinocchio, which again I said I saw it at six in the morning with my son, I expecting nothing, I'm not paying you know anything for it, and 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 the fact that it's going straight to Disney Plus is says something. It's a big star vehicle; it shouldn't be going straight to Disney Plus. Do they have any faith in it? So I watched it through and i actually watched it twice because my son wanted to watch it the next day too and you know i feel like it gets it gets it it feels like a likable and inspired zemeckis picture maybe half the time and the other half of the time it feels like this weird product thing that was sort of rushed out and in a half finished state i like you know, I, I compared it in my head a little bit to the Gus Van Sant Psycho. And I remember when the <laughs> Gus Van Sant re- remake of Psycho, it's not as close as that. Gus Van Sant Psycho is shot for shot. This isn't. They had a lot of material. But I remember when the Gus Van Sant Psycho came out, the reviews were just atrocious. Like, why would you ever watch this if you could watch the Hitchcock? But Gleiberman, I think, in the Entertainment Weekly was like, yeah, but I'm a huge fan of Hitchcock. So when I watch this, I'm totally enjoying it because it's a shot for shot remake of this movie that I know shot for shot. So as someone who really loves the 1940 Pinocchio almost as much as any classic movie, I mean, I think those first five are are masterpieces on the level of Citizen Kane and whatever else you want to throw at it, regardless of what the subject matter is, as films, as technical achievements. What's that first five? What's Snow White, Pinocchio, Fantasia, Cinderella? 
the Snow, Snow White, Snow White, Pinocchio, Bambi, Dumbo, Fantasia. Bambi, yeah, Bambi, Dumbo, Fantasia. There we go. That's and then I mean. the war comes, and then they come back and they do Cinderella, and, and it's a little bit less. Disney gets distracted and starts wanting to do the parks and stuff. They're still great through the fifties and sixties, I think, but the first ones are are, are extremely special, mm-hmm. um, as as like this American art form. Um, so I mean, I, I came on tonight figuring I was probably going to like this be the one that was sort of defending this 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 remake but it's a light defense i still would say yeah it's 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 a sort of a thumbs down movie but it's not an embarrassment i liked tom hanks i know you i have to listen to you guys <laughs> you guys are gonna barrage me with but i thought tom hanks was very sweet and you it, don't know I, that <laughs> i just thought he was very sweet i thought i was of course not offended by the italian accent i mean yeah. there were other italians who were cast i don't i didn't think tom hanks's accent slipped in and out I thought it was consistently a sticky accent, but that's what it is. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, I liked what he did with Geppetto, making him internal, making someone who talks to himself and adding the shade of sadness that wasn't in the Disney movie where we're sort of literalizing that he had a child and a wife that died. And now his family is the cat and a fish and this wooden boy. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not, it's certainly not something great, but... Sure. It is still a film. It's still still a film from a filmmaker who is in that from that first generation or very close to the first generation of film students. So there's still a lot of classic filmmaking to it that I can't help but respond to. Like I said, it's sort of 50, 50, 60, 40. Um, but some of it's very sweet. I liked I won't give away the ending, but they changed the ending a little bit to, 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 in a pretty sweet way. And, and they expand the whole lessons that Pinocchio has to learn in kind of a sweet and legitimate way. I would think a kid who saw it would like it, you know? Sure. Abe. Yeah. Y- you were desperate to find this movie in a theater. You wanted to race out to see Robert Zemeckis as Pinocchio in a movie theater <laughs> with audiences cheering every second of it. But you realized eventually that it was only on Disney plus. Now you've seen this movie. Yes, I have. We, I feel like we've been pretty hot and cold on these remakes. Uh, like I think, like we like some. I'm of looking them. at a list of them right now. I, I think we like some of them, and others were like, "Why?" Um, right. So what? So where are you with this one? Yeah, I was looking for this in theaters. I was uh, very curious as to like why this was not playing at a theater around me. And at one point, I was like, "Oh, great! Los Angeles and New York gets it again." Uh, <laughs> and then I, as you shook I, your fist in the air. I, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I, I shook my fist in the air and I was like, those two major metropolitan cities. Um, but no, I I was uh the reason why was because of Tom Hanks. I was like, oh well, you know, Tom Hanks vehicle, uh gonna be in theaters. Robert Robert Zemeckis directing, it should be in theaters, right? You know, I'm surprised that it was on Disney Plus, but hey, it is what it is. Uh as far as like, the movie goes, I, I agree with Yancey in, in a lot of parts. Um I enjoyed it for the bits with Tom Hanks, to be honest. And other parts, I was like, well, this is a change. But in in large part, the question of, well, why do they remake this if it wasn't wholly different or like a completely different take? Yeah. The, uh, the, the expansion of different themes of the movie about, you know, egotism or uh, wanting to, to be a star or what have you is perhaps expanded a little bit more, but I really treasure the original one that in that it doesn't handhold you with a lot of the themes that are going on. And they're very oh. dark themes too. Like you're kind of just like plunked in there with Pinocchio. Um, you know, there's not really a lot of explanation as to how he can speak and how he can do this and that. Um, he's just given this gift by this uh, blue fairy and then you're off on your way and he's got to learn from his mistakes. 
and his mistakes actually they they uh, amount to I'm sorry they they basically keep piling on each other in the animated one, and so by the end of the movie you see all the manifestations of his mistakes, uh, and that's that's sort of um his his uh hero's journey. So for this one, it it was weird because I liked bits of it, but I was also just like not really feeling other bits of it. Um, and it's not that it's bad. It's just that it's why I think is the large question. So on the whole, like the addition of different, uh, of different songs, giving different characters, uh, additional screen time so they can have songs. That's nice and neat, but I don't know if it really made any huge imprint on me. Um, so unfortunately it'll, it, it, like it's perfectly acceptable for where it is, which is a streaming service. But yeah, um, kind of a, a bummer because I am looking at things like, uh, you know, Cinderella by Brana, and then also thinking about things like uh, Corella, which we just talked about a couple of years ago, a few years ago, and those are some pretty interesting takes on on, uh, on these original Disney properties. But yeah, I it, it is a it is an interesting thought process. And Yancy, you brought up something very fascinating, which is back in the day when we used to have VHS. Yeah, there would be this commercial on television that said, "We're gonna if you don't buy this now, the silver edition of you know, right, right, uh, Lady and the Tramp." Yeah, it's the gonna door. be back in the vault for ten years, and people were like scrambling to get them. You could not find them in any store yep. because they would sell out. So it is a, a fascination of just, well, is this sort of their their ploy now of like, well, let's keep this on on everybody's mind, top of mind, by creating this real live or I'm sorry, real. Real life? What what am I trying to say here? Live action. Live action. Thank live you. Action, yeah. A live action. Real boy. Yeah, a real. I'm a real boy. Um, this live action remake of these classics, so that they can continue to, um, sell sell theme park tickets and whatever else merchandise. So on the whole, the movie is it's 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 actually okay. Um, I I enjoyed more of the Tom Hanks stuff because everyone's favorite, you know, America's favorite uh dad is Tom Hanks, but. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, it doesn't really change itself or offer too much uh, different from from the original. And at some points, I think the the animation, uh, the animated one, actually is superior. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. How about you, Aaron? If you were to tell me that Tom Hanks has two Oscars and is one of the most respected actors working, mm-hmm. I, I and, but you look at this performance in Elvis this year. <laughs> I'd I'd be confused by that if I just had no awareness of this. Uh-huh. I'm not trying to say Tom Hanks is terrible in this movie. I just don't think he's very enjoyable to watch here compared to you Understandable. guys. Understandable. I it's not a matter of like accent slipping, although I do, and I've seen it twice now as well. Just <laughs> like okay, let me let me take another look at this thing, and like it's just more of it amounts to like what I think about a lot of this movie and these live action movies in general, where. Things are just weirder when you do them live action. When you t- when, yeah. you, when you take them specifically from that source material, not just doing like a new Pinocchio, but doing 1940 Disney Pinocchio, it's just weird to watch Tom Hanks with his like exaggerated facial expressions, carrying around a fish and a cat to mm-hmm. look after to look for his boy. Like I'm not saying that it's a you know a fantasy can't do that kind of thing, but it's like it's weird to do that just because that's what the other version did. Yeah. Uh, I, I also don't need like you know a five minute scene of Geppetto explaining to me why Figaro and Cleo need to come along with him to go find Pinocchio, but it just like it amounts to what you're asking, Abe. Why? Like, what's the point of doing this? Like, what am I getting out of seeing it in this way? So like, I going back to Tom Hanks, 
I I see why he's here because he's a friend of Bob Zemeckis. Like yeah, they, he probably they saw Pinocchio when he was five years old on yeah, television. I'm sure there's a, you know it's like yeah. why why say no to this? Obviously, a movie like this needs some kind of you have Geppetto's a key character, but not the star. So you could like yeah, put Tom Hanks in there. It's a big right. that's a big name that gets this funded. But then you look at when you ask like why is this in theater or why is this not in theaters but on Disney Plus? You watch the first twenty minutes of this thing, and I get why. It's because you know, Tom Hanks playing this weird old character that's just mumbling to himself, and to me, it just kind of came insufferable after a while. Like I just wasn't really into it. <laughs> uh, I, I, the Hanksisms involved that he kind of pulls out, like there's because it's like a mix. It's a mix of him doing like the Italian shtick, but also him doing pulling on some of the you know the it's old. It's like tricks. him being in like the terminal and and a few other. He's pulling out some old tricks that he yeah. tends to pull on, which I don't expect more from him. It's the Pinocchio remake, not fucking you know something that's going to get him an Oscar nom. It's not <laughs> it's not Captain Phillips. It's not Captain Geppetto here. So, and I there's so much more going on to this, but like I I do want to like mention Hanks because I mean it's Tom Hanks. Like I yeah. I. I it makes me more interested in the movie by default because it's him. And so the fact that he to me feels like one of the key weaknesses of this movie despite yes, admittedly he's doing he, there is some internalization going on. There, like he's Tom Hanks. Like I get that he's sure. putting a certain kind of effort into it. I still just walked away being like, well that's <laughs> that's not the Hanks, you know, we're not playing the memorial reel for Tom Hanks being like, I remember when he played Geppetto in Pinocchio, oh, like it's yeah, just not Yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah, they're going to name Larry Crown in his first line. Don't you know what else is too is interesting i understand why they would remake beauty and the beast and aladdin or mulan because you have people who 20 years ago saw those and now they have kids and they want their kids to have the same experience i don't think that's how people feel about the much older disney pictures well that that it's weird because it goes both ways right like jungle book was a massive hit yeah and that's like animals that talk like i can get why the Alice in Wonderland movie, that was like the first post-Avatar 3D movie, and it's Tim Burton, and it's Johnny Depp in like prime territory, so it's like, okay, I get sure. that too. But yeah, the Dumbo, while it made money, it was not a, you know, it wasn't a huge it's hit. It's not very good. And it's, it's not, not it's very good, yeah. Movie. And it's like, geez, what are they, like... like... So it's, and we'll get to this, because I want to talk about this as far as what else do you do at this point if they want to keep making this a franchise, essentially. Sure. Uh, but to get to just stick with Pinocchio, yeah. I, as far as like adapting this for a live action, like, is there a way to do that that would make it a roaring box office success? I have no idea. But this version that we got here from Zemeckis, I like, I can see the things he's most interested in, and I think a lot of that is Jiminy Cricket, which I think is the most successful thing in this movie. I, I like what Joseph oh, Gordon-Levitt's doing. I think his Cliff Edwards impression is pretty great. <laughs> and I, you know, like when I think of Zemeckis, I think of a you know a visual pioneer, right? He tends yeah. to be a Technical person that wants, yeah, stunts, he wants, yeah, yeah. He wants to do things that basically seem impossible that he's making possible. Yeah, I don't think he's doing that here. I think if anything, it's kind of a step backwards, which is a shame. But I do think his his effort seems the most excited when he's involved with doing things with like Jiminy, when he's having the camera like actively follow him through like little things or whatnot. I think there's stuff there. Yeah, that really works. Same goes for like the monstro stuff because it's. Yes, it's all visual effects, but I still think there is interest in what he's trying to accomplish with those, you know, those aspects of the film. Hundred percent. That was actually a question I was going to ask you both later. Is okay. was he curious around something visual uh, for this movie that I just didn't pick up on? And I, I looked far and wide for articles around 
him talking about it, but he did not. So I was I was gonna ask you guys later. Yeah, I just was that. I don't know if I haven't looked too far, but I just I didn't see too much press. It, like if, I wouldn't say this movie was dumped because it came out on our sacred holiday that is Disney Plus Day. But I do think <laughs> I, I do think it's notably quiet for a release sure. of Pinocchio movie starring Tom Hanks. I mean, that, right? Yeah, it seems like it is kind of yeah, you in, know, in I, September no less. Yeah. <laughs> It's probably not as a mega fashion project. It's I probably, would say yeah, so. I I would say it's probably yeah. not. It feels like a Disney has like a sheet of things that he can do, and he's like, "Oh, I love Pinocchio when I was young. Here, let me let me give my yeah. put my hand at that." And it's oh, he yeah, loves Pinocchio. Is Tom Hanks. Sorry, let's call him uh-huh. up. So you know, he did it yeah. from uh, that from that angle. I'm like, oh, I like Tom Hanks and Zemeckis. I'll watch a little movie. Yeah, it's fine. Exactly. That's why. And like I. I think the the monstro sequence in the original Pinocchio is one of the like craziest animated sequences of all oh. time because it's like how do you oh. do this? Like, yeah. this one of one of the best too and very like, dark as well. It is like, and like in, given in how tone. complicated that is to like yeah. because the way they used to animate stuff it's like oh, this is it's, it's incredible like it's yeah. incredible. so it's like that's that was the key thing where like well, if Zemeckis is doing this, I definitely want to see the whale scene. Like, that's, that's what I want to watch the most. And we can talk about that more. But as far as, like, this movie, as, like, as a whole, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff here where it's like, what, why are we, why are, what's the, what are we getting out of this? Like, what's mm-hmm. the, like, and Yancy, I'll be curious, and you, you know, years from now, when we have both options as, quote unquote, like, older films that, you know, not classics, but, like, older films people could watch. And if they're choosing this, if they're choosing Guy Ritchie's Aladdin, overall that i don't think so you can already tell when you type an l on disney plus you get the animated lion king first and you get mm-hmm. the favreau one like I, of course i i don't i don't i don't not i don't but, I, but, I, but, but I mean you're talking you're talking about the idea of like kids watching one thing and not the other and i'm I, just saying I, yeah but in 20 years mm-hmm. it's gonna be i predict very hard to find a copy of robert zemeckis's pinocchio and i, I, I don't I, know where there's no I, different physical I, copy and pinocchio the disney version will still be available you know I'm optimistic, and so yes, I like to think the same. <laughs> I like to think the same thing as well. But it is like a, it's this weird like. God, well, they're harming. Like, they're harming. This, there's gonna be this generation what... that does grow up with like having both, like having favorite things about both versions. <laughs> it's like okay. I don't know. That's a pro- that's a, that's what even even the Jungle Book is plays as a pretty modern you know late '60s movie compared to Pinocchio and, and Snow White are really pitched. They're, they're just they're they're very very sincere. There's not a single element of postmodernism to them, and I don't know what to say. I don't think remaking them, and I know they're doing Snow White now as well, and I know the Favreau or somebody's doing Bambi right as well. I don't think remaking them is the way. I mean, I'm sure they get the, they get their block of money back somehow, but it's that is not the way to keep those movies or characters in circulation. I think Disney has to just work on. I don't know. Keep the heart. Keep, keep, just those are the classics they made, and I don't think there's well, any. It's not to a thing to do, right? You know, it's not like people are. It's not like Warner Brothers sitting around with Citizen Kane being like, "We need this IP. We need to keep the the no, legacy no. of Citizen Kane alive." What do we do? Rosebud, the, the series? Right. No, because we don't. <laughs> adults and a lot of adults, most adults in this country, won't lower themselves to watch something that they think is made for children. So if a child is going to pick something, he's going to pick something new. I as a guy in my 40s i'll watch animated movies if they're great all the time i love as i said these disney movies are i don't care that i'm in my 40s i'll, I'll watch them by myself they're brilliant yeah. works of art jaunty fun comedies you know but a lot of people feel above that kind of thing so the kind of person that's going to watch an old movie is probably not a kid who's going to watch a 80 year old cartoon although my son arthur has been has must have seen the first snow white 20 times well, now that's the thing right i mean yeah. parents are gonna kids aren't actively choosing their movies up until a certain point right so you're right. The, you're the parent choosing the movie for them to watch True. I, if we're walking if we're looking at like 
you know, teenager, whatever, young, young teenagers now that are like watching whatever Cruella in a theater, are they going to, is there this point where they're going to grow up and like, they have to show their kid a movie and it's like, what's the key, what's the young movie that the, or what's the, what's the movie they grew up with that they want? Are they going to choose Cruella or are they going to choose 101 Dalmatians? I like to think it's 101 Cruella. Dalmatians, but, sure, <laughs> but, but I can see that I can see the line of thought, right? That, yeah. It's, it's, sure. I mean, the kid the will thing, eventually the, somewhere else hear about, oh no, the 101 Dalmatians of the sixties is much, but you know. <laughs> if you're a curious-minded person at all, you'll eventually be led to the, the right yeah. thing if your parents didn't, you know. It's going to be hilarious in college in 20 years from now when somebody's like, you know, how when we were in college, like, you haven't seen Pulp Fiction? Uh, somebody's going to be like, you haven't seen 101 Dalmatians? <laughs> um, and then it's going to be like, wow, my mind was blown. I watched these animated classics from, from the 30s, 40s, 50s. You haven't seen Maleficent, oh. Mistress of Evil? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but I was going to say, like, I think the other thing that I, I like the idea around, you know, the inertia behind some of these is, hey, we've got modern technology. Let's see if we can expand the story. That's, that's all well and good, but I think what a lot of us, uh, or all three of us on this panel today, we're sort of uh, coming to a conclusion of is if you're not really going to do a whole lot to the story or uh, expand things in a way that is meaningful, then is this just a cash grab? It, yeah. You know, that's a, that's a really sad, unfortunately, a thought to have because, you know, I love Robert Zemeckis. You know, we're going to talk about a few things from, him, from later and I love Tom Hanks, but for the most part, it's like, you know, yeah. like the jiggles part, I was like, Oh, who's the voice of, of of um, Jiminy. of Jiminy, and I was like, did they just redo like if they just like digitally inserted uh, uh, the the old voice in today? So I was like, that would be kind of. But then I looked at it, I was like, oh, I'm glad that Joseph Gordon Levitt made a choice. He's doing a thing, yeah. yeah, and it's a lot better than the walk because we don't have to see him doing a French accent. We <laughs> yeah, just watch him yeah. as a voice doing this accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know what it is? It also it's point as I said earlier. It's just it's disappointing because people have. All my life, at least, people have been suspicious of Disney because it's a big company. It's a huge company. We don't like any companies that are huge. They're all inherently evil. And maybe they are. But Disney, for most of my life, basically before the, the, the this um, uh, Disney Plus era, their product has just been good. They put out good product. Their theme parks are great. The movies, the worst Disney animated movie is still pretty good. Like, they, they, they gave us good product. And these are the first products they're giving us that feel truly soulless uh these mm, remakes and truly desperate and and money grabby you know yeah it's kind of depressing because i've always thought yeah you can be the biggest company in the world and we hate you because you're a giant company but you know you you you, you made that park in anaheim that's still amazing <laughs> seven years later and it's amazing you made these movies you know you, you yeah. never dropped your inner you know, standards counts yeah. for something and this, these are these are very inessential works. And again, I, I bet you 20, 20 years from now, you will not be able to find a copy of this Tom Hanks Pinocchio other than downloading it somewhere. Because I, also, I mean, I don't like wish the worst on these people, but like, no, I mean, but yeah, it's it's kind of like, why? Because nobody's going to have a DVD sitting on the shelf. It's going to be forgotten and subsumed and it'll just be gone. Yeah. And nobody's going to have a demand for it. It'll be curious to see in 20 years. That would <laughs> you know, be actually be, yeah, we'll, we'll time capsule that. I have a question for you guys. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna, I just want to talk about Pinocchio a bit more. Yeah, <laughs> same, same, yeah, this would be related to it. Well, my my one of my main issues that I had, and I'm not gonna talk about Tom Hanks anymore. I think we're talking about Tom Hanks. <laughs> uh, it's that there's just no danger here. Like Pinocchio, like you mentioned, Abe, it's a movie that has dark themes and has ideas that really are really dark, challenging to a child as far as how do you make the right decision or whatnot. And this movie, the the key part that bugged me was when you get to Pleasure Island and you have the whole donkey scene, right? Mm -hmm. In the animated movie. 
you're it's not fun to watch Lamprick or whatever like turn into a donkey. It's scary, right? Like you're seeing a young boy turning into a donkey. That's not normal. And the Shadow, animation, it's very effective. Yeah. The, the yeah. animation works. Like it, it could it convinces you like, okay, the uh, you know, it's an animated movie that it's not hardcore horror, but there's still a sense of frightening stuff going on because kids are turning mm-hmm. into donkeys. This movie I felt nothing. Like I watched him turn into a donkey, it was like Okay, he's a donkey now. Like, there's no like. That's one thing about special about it. It's like, 1940 yeah. versus today. I mean, Stromboli is really scary in the cartoon, and the Coachman is really scary in the cartoon, uh-huh. and they're not scary at all in in this yeah. movie. It's very and, clean. It's very sanitized. Yeah. Yeah, like they get to Pleasure Island movie. and they have root beer. I mean, like, like yeah, it's, it's like the the word that I would use is like it's fairly light. Um, and that's not really what the what I got from watching the OG Pinocchio because. To your point, I mean, I think that one of the 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 scarier elements, quote unquote, scarier elements, is when the kids are turning into the donkeys, and he asks them questions if they can still talk, mm-hmm. and then one of them is like, oh, "I'm still a boy." It's like, well, back to the 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 uh, the the coral for or the gable for you. Yes. And you go and like, you know, we got to re- redo you because I don't want anybody that can talk. And the the presumption is like these donkeys are going to go into the workforce. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really just start dark and disturbing. And then Pinocchio freaks out, right? And he's just like, what? Or, it's I'm scary. sorry, it, it's actually yeah. um, uh, Jiminy Cricket that freaks out. He's like, mm-hmm. we got to get out of here. Uh, and then, you know, the doors are closed and whatever else. And it goes on to this darker adventure. But yeah, there's, you know, when I was watching this, I was like, it's cool to see like, um, uh, what's what's his name? Gaston. Um Luke Evans. Luke Evans. Yeah, it's cool to see him like he show up. Like, he's giving like, it his all. Like, he's, he's putting in the. <laughs> he was good. He's yeah. like David S. Pumpkins. Yeah, he, he just shows up like David S. Pumpkins, like out of the, out of like the 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 floorboards, be like, "Have a drink," and then he goes away. But no, he's good. He's fun. He's he puts fun the in effort it. in. I, I yeah. agree. But yeah, no. I, thematically, there's just you know, again, there's like that hedonism, which is Pleasure Island, and all the boys, and then kind of getting subsumed in that, and then there's also the idea of. Of just like, oh well, I I can inflate my ego, and people will inflate my ego for me. And this one, it's cool that they they use the term influencers and whatever else. But no, I like in that in that OG Pinocchio one, none of this guide, none of it is guided, and I really well, enjoyed that because yeah, it's it's very it. scary how easily Pinocchio is distracted in the first one from thing to thing. What, and yeah. you just oh, he's gonna get in more trouble. He's just an idiot. But also, just... yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I think that in the first or in the in the cartoon version of it, there is that yeah. element of. He's just going to go out and explore the world. And in this one, he's given parameters. It's like, okay, well, just go to school, come back, be a good boy. And if you're a good boy, I might turn you into a real boy one day. Because oh. what you have to do is you have to go and, and you know, uh, I forget what she says specifically, but essentially you have to, like, uh, sacrifice yourself to some degree, right? Do some tough um, stuff. And, yeah. and the other one is just like, no, like, I just want you to go out there and be a boy and then come back home. And then, like, all of a sudden... Like in a lot of uh, older Disney films, like it just gets really dark for no real reason. It's like, where's my son Geppetto? And like, I'm going to go. It, it's actually really cool when they go back to the house in the first one. And it's just empty because you realize yeah. that he's so depressed that you want to go out to look for Pinocchio. But in this one, you know, it, it's all very light. It, it looks light. You know, the the way that they, they uh, lit everything and the way that they shot it was very different so what gets me is that Zemeckis is not averse to making you know putting darkness in his films Hell granted, no, we're gonna talk about one of them later <laughs> granted this is a Disney film but like Christmas Carol was Disney I mean like he yeah, yeah. He, and he just did the witches that's Warner Brothers but just like the witches it had these dark elements in it yeah. like it, that's you know it's a rolled doll thing it's naturally going to be darker than average than for a kid's right. movie it, but it's like he doesn't shy away from that here it feels like he just you know, he 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 had strings that were holding. It's not him. Oh. I'm sure it's not him. You can't yeah. do 
the original Pinocchio is from that era when you could make kids' stories really scary. I mean, it is really scary and dark. Like I said, the coachman, when he's talking about buying them to sell and trade them into donkeys, his menace is just very intense and scary. And the animation, his eyes are burning red and stuff. You just can't do that. Nowadays, people get very upset if your children's movie has anything that's kind of too scary or too intense. So he surely couldn't do the maniacal Robert Zemeckis. That's version. what I'm saying. I'm saying his hands Disney were tied. Like it's, you yeah, know, totally, you, totally. I mean, yeah, yeah, a, you know, which, I think they just hired him because it sounds good. Which, which is, a, yeah, but it's like, right paycheck, like, sure. like, 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 there's no, like, they were the, like, beyond film fans. It's not like the kids are like, oh, Zemeckis got a new movie. That's a great point, actually. <laughs> These three year olds, I'll be like, Robert, Bob did this? Yeah. But the question that I had for you guys was Aaron, you were sort of talking about sequels and follow ups. I did read in one of these articles that Tom Hanks was like, well, this does lead itself. It does open itself up for sequels to Pinocchio. If that were to be the case, where do you guys think that this could go? I don't care. I hated the ending of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the story, the literal storybook ending? Uh, I, well, I, I was just curious because in any case. I like the ending. I thought it was sweet. I, just, I like the message. I, I don't like the weird like it just feels so abrupt like I don't I don't mind like the idea of doing something different like that's not inherently bothersome yeah. to me I just don't like how abrupt it all feels well, where it gets yeah. to a it gets to a certain ending point in a location that I'm not expecting it to end at I wasn't sorry uh, it was over at that point I mean let's be honest yeah but I mean <laughs> but, I mean and like part of it's like yes I, I'm familiar enough of the original to be like well we're gonna get another blue fairy scene at some point right it's like well we don't we just get one blue fairy but scene. I was thinking or we and right. let alone just lack of location and it's just like yeah they get to this point have a talk and that's the movie <laughs> I mean what, uh, what's fascinating about it is like we're gonna make decisions for you all throughout the movie and then here's the ending you can make your own decision <laughs> it's like what that's a weird place to, to have like a a subjective point but it gets right. to another thing as far as the lessons we take away from this movie, because the one, uh, you know, one of the main things about Pinocchio is when he lies, his nose grows, right? Right. Ideally, the movie is supposed to teach you that lying's bad. Yeah. I don't think this movie does that. I, I, think I was waiting act- for the Blue Fairy to show up. I think this movie actively tells you lying's okay if it can help you get out of a situation, because <laughs> that's what actually happens. I think the, the message is hammered home better in, in the in the animated one where she's like, you know, I can tell that you're lying. And well, when, when they have a discussion about lying and why it's bad, they don't right. have that here. Yeah, yeah. So I, like, he I needs get, that key, Aaron. He needs that key. Like, yeah, see, I get like kids happy, kids happy, cool. Kids like colors. I mean, that's but, sure. <laughs> but it's at the same time, it's like, well, if you want to talk about like what the Disney movies did beyond just being technical marvels as far as animation is concerned or whatnot, they're supposed to impart some kind of lesson, right? And beyond just inherent sweetness because they talk nice to each other mm-hmm. i feel like missing out on a key thing like the lying thing it seems kind of detrimental to the whole process of making this movie well yeah jiminy cricket said something about the lying yeah he he, he gave his like they call it out but guy. i still think they they go out of their way to be like i'm gonna lie now to get myself like if i if it, well but then he does something sweet to get his nose to go back down it still make i still get the point you know i, I get the point i do i think I think a kid can look at that without reading between the lines, I guess. <laughs> this movie like, is going to be a supplemental feature on Pinocchio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm saying there should, there should be, be an a Easter scene egg. Where, Luke, where Luke Evans and the voice Pinocchio talk about Luke why Evans. lying's bad in a five-minute yeah. extra on Disney+. Plus. Let's see it. Yeah. Oh, also, before I forget, yes. uh, Key, Keegan-Michael Key, I think he's great as Honest John. I, I legit hey, he's think he's, he's pretty great in this movie. I like yeah, he's not bad. High diddly D. His very actorly way of talking, like I, I thought that really, I thought that captured it the, the way I, I, I had, I wanted mm-hmm. to. 
That was med. But no Chris Pine joke. Don't date your movie, man. <laughs> yeah, that's that's stupid. That, that's a dumb thing. That was, yeah, uh, that was a little bit weird. A lot but, of emphasis on the fact that he's Pine, too. It was like all to build up, I guess, to the Chris Pine joke. But uh, uh Cynthia Irvo was talking about Pine. You're Pine, so your name yes. is Pinocchio. Like, like, I, like, hey, I, yeah. I don't specifically remember like all this Pine talk in the original movie. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I didn't know that's why he was Pinocchio. Yeah. That's his name. Italian. He was just a he was just a lowly, you know, happy, humble woodcarver. Another thing that bugged me. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. You're calling Uh-oh. things. Hit why it. does why does he have superpowers? I hated why, that. I'll give why, you that. Why does he have like why is he the flash? Like what's going it's on? Superhero here? time. <laughs> yeah, I had problems with that like, too. That was really that was dumb. Stupid. Like I was using the polish the floor. Why would his feet be so superpowered? That felt I mean, like also so like he's got like uh, dash powers in the water. It's like it's just kids need a superpower. That's all that is. It felt like a lazy way to be like, we need a reason for him to get away from Monstro. Monstro well, we yeah. like super fast legs. And then nobody said anything about why that's dumb. And then just moved on. It's like, yeah, right, we solved it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I hate to bring it back to the original, but yeah, the cartoon one makes a whole lot of sense. There's just multiple waves, multiple giant waves. They and, barely survive, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like the <laughs> physics of it actually makes sense in that one. And in this one, I'm just like, which is why yeah. it's insane. <laughs> it's like, how do you draw that? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, like, Yancey, you brought up like the foam and like the waves. Like that was. I was marveled by that. I just rewatched yeah. it again, like a couple weeks ago, and I was like, "This was this is really really well done." So yeah. I I will say I did like that monster was like a monster in this yeah, movie. Cool. instead of just like a giant sperm whale. Yeah, because it's like, well, whales don't really do this. Yeah, so like, really how do you do it. this in a fantasy movie? You just sure. make it a kaiju. Like, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm down yeah. for that. I'm down for a giant kaiju. <laughs> <Sure. is. laughs> that that was a, like because you like you you see it and then it's like going out, you know, it's breaching or whatever. And it goes back yeah. in the water. It's like, oh, it has like tentacles and yeah, shit. A bunch okay, of so tentacles, it's like a sea yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. That, that was pretty neat. I yeah. that. Um, here's a question that's mm-hmm. completely nonsense, but what's the overhead on Pleasure Island? Like, how does this place work? Like, do they like rebuild everything so a new batch of kids can destroy everything the next day? Like, what's what's going <laughs> well, on? We've here? established that there's magic uh, in this world, I so guess. I'm gonna guess that it's just like. <laughs> So magically magic all put it. back together yeah that's a, that's a wonderful excuse yeah <laughs> they magic it they just magic it there's no way that I they guess can, you're like, not, you know you're not kids. wrong it's like the coachman does have like dark cloud people that he works with to, like take those are yeah. cool i like those <laughs> those dark cloud people. i i like that ever since harry potter we always we, we get like new versions of dementors every five years now it seems yeah it's actually a good point yeah they were better in a uh, ghost but you know who am i ghost so. is obviously the 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 standard <laughs> screaming anything take that like they should they should have been in nightmare before christmas since you have the uh the voice of jack is the villain that would have been really fun yeah yeah <laughs> um what else do i have anything else in my notes uh about pinocchio you have any more questions abe no no other questions i mean uh, again i was like very lukewarm on this movie um you know, we have another question as far as coming up in our feedback as far as what you mm-hmm. want to see uh, remade next. But as far as the potential of things to be remade, do you think like Disney, like we have what you mentioned already, Yancey, there's like uh, Peter and Wendy is next from David Lowry, oh. um, which I by, default, I by default excited for. Yeah, Mike's cousin, because it's, you know, Pete's Dragon, I think, is one of the better ones of these. And he, yeah. did, the, and he did the Green Knight and Ghost Story yeah. among us. So it's like, well. I guess I have to be excited for Peter and Wendy to some degree because <laughs> he's a good director. Although Robert Zemeckis is a great director, and this is what we got from him, so I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so many Peter Pans. But so we so have, yeah, Peter. exactly. That's the thing. It's another <laughs> Peter Pan. Okay, but so we have Peter Pan. We have Snow White with what's with what Rachel Zegler from West Side Story. 
Uh, we have Little Mermaid coming out. We got the first trailer for that from Rob Marshall. We got a Bambi mm-hmm. in the works. We have the uh, Barry Jenkins Mufasa prequel. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what's left for di- like? What do you what do you expect them to remake? Like, Hercules is in the works. We know that. Is that is that a, is that true? It's in the works. Yeah. Wow. Hunchback is supposedly in the works, but it's not if, much. If you keep the songs. Yeah. Like what? What else is there to do? <laughs> We've already done. They haven't done that. Uh, seems like prop, not just like what you know, what's left as far as on the list, but like what seems profitable. Like, yeah, I don't think that's a good question. Like, I, live action rescuers is going to be profitable. Like, what, that, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, you know, I don't know if they would go for they have to go for like the big box office ones because, of course, I love the rescuers and I love the rescuers and under, but I don't think that that really translates to oh, yeah. look, there's Bernard and Miss Bianca on the big screen again. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like, nobody, I, except for like me and Aaron, I guess you too, Yancy, we're just like, yes, of course, we want to see them. But no, there, there's not. Like, if you're talking about like the large properties, uh huh. I guess you have to go. You might have to like dig deep now, and you got to go. Oh, like, doing a prequel to the Lion King, like you said, that's what they're doing. Yeah, and that's like. I mean, I'm intrigued by that at least. Well, maybe because it's Barry Jenkins. It's Barry Jenkins. It's like, it's yeah. like what is that going to be? But right. But I, you know, Barry you have a Jenkins question here too. House, I, I am. Be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would be worried if they all of a sudden decided to go more contemporary with their. Uh, live action remakes, and they're just like, "Hey, guess what? Frozen's coming out in 2026." Uh-huh. Like, yeah, uh, I could see them doing that. That would be a base gosh. money grab, dude. Make money. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, didn't we just see this like a decade ago?" But live action Frozen it is what it is. So, because they they've gone to the well quite a number of times, like the OGs, like with uh, they had the Winnie the Pooh movie, and then they had the Tigger movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if those did Gangbusters, but. You know, no, and then really. did they was Christopher the, Robin. They did, yeah, I the think. Christopher Robin movie. And then was there like the what was the one with like Freddie Highmore? Um, Finding Neverland. Yeah, that's not Disney. That that's not more, Disney. That's though. just about J M Barry, right? Yeah, okay. but that's yeah, one of those I, very well deserved Oscar nominations for Johnny Depp because we all remember that performance, right? We're looking at that <laughs> and being like, God damn it, he needs another Oscar <laughs> nomination. Finding Neverland, never gonna forget right. it. Never, yeah, no, you never, never, never gonna, gonna, gonna forget it. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, it's a good question though, because I hope that they just I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, I guess that, that poses another question of just are there now are there gonna be original Disney movies? And there still are. There you still know, are like saw... strange, strange worlds coming out in November. Like mm-hmm. there's and Kanto came out last. Like they're still making yeah, originals. And we like... saw what was that one with like Jason Bateman? Zootopia. Like, Zootopia, yeah, of course. Yeah, that that was like a, a fun original, but yeah, so I don't know. I mean, oh, yeah, they haven't stopped producing originals. It's just this this anchor they have of, you know, look at the the ducats of money we're getting from some. You know, the know. Be, Beauty and the Beast and the Lion King both made like one point five billion dollars. It's ridiculous. <laughs> That's, it's yeah. insane that those movies made that amount of money. <laughs> and they and money. they've left no stamp. No one's like, what are we gonna get more of of um, of of uh dan stevens is uh beast we we need this (laughs) yeah we need the christmas special like they did with the yeah where's the where's the winter wonderland short film (laughs) yeah where did why did he turn back into a beast or was that like pre him turning me no it's pre it's a it's a okay yeah it's a it's a i've never seen it as you can tell it's a within the movie movie, right they they can't wait to be about it midquel a midquel exactly yeah there's one for the lion king too where it's just more uh Timon and Pumbaa playing with young Simba. Yeah, liking one and a half. <laughs> and there's a fox and the hound more playing one too, or just in that one scene where they're still playing the whole oh. movie. Well, the sequel was pretty intense because it's just a funeral. Uh, that's the whole Damn. thing. It's, it's, it's during one day. <laughs> yeah, they finally cut that fox. Yeah. 
<laughs> the Bambi prequel is pretty interesting. I mean, everybody's seen the Bambi from SNL. It's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. uh, so to <laughs> apply this to Zemeckis, sure. Well, where's he go next? Like at this point, he's had the he had the three mocap films, which wh- whatever fans they have, and some of them might be among us, mm-hmm. you know, they pretty much had mixed reception. Like they made some of them made more money than others, but they didn't, you know, they didn't launch Zemeckis into the stratosphere as far as doing this. It's more like, why do you keep doing this, Zemeckis? Um, mm-hmm. Then he stopped, and he's frankly not had a big hit for a while. He had what the Walk, Allied, Welcome to Morrowind, which. None of those did particularly well. Mm-hmm. And now he's been in streaming land, right? He had The Witches and now Pinocchio. Like, is there something he can do that would give him back the mojo? Or, like, is there any, like, next step that would just get him somewhere? Like, I, Yancy, I, I Yancy, Yancy, Lar- oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say, I think in large part, I'm just curious as to, like, what he wants to do next, like him personally, right? Because we just talked about, or I, I had the question earlier of, was this a project that he had a passion about doing some visual effects for? And, the, when the walk came out, that's kind of all the video was talking about. It was like, well, I recreated this and this and this, and it looks like this, this and that. And I was like, that's cool because that's the Bob Zemeckis that we all know and that we all love is just this guy who likes to push the boundaries of technology and even some of the stuff like Polar Express where people were talking about uh, Uncanny Valleys and what have you. So I don't know where he goes from this. I mean, he's he's an incredible director. He's friends with like the OGs of Hollywood. And I would be happy if he just showed up as like this co-writer for like you know a steven spielberg movie down the line i I wouldn't mind but i I don't know where he would go from here what do you think yancy well how old is zemeckis now 70s probably probably yeah he said he's exactly 70 yeah wow he's just 70 he's not that old then um you know i don't know i really i think we were talking earlier aaron and i think he really put his heart and soul into those vocab those three mocap movies that I think mm-hmm. were really technically pretty astounding. Um, but it's a different world than it was 30 years ago. And now a meme about the uncanny Valley can take the whole movie down and no one cares about any of the other qualities that might be inherent. I think similar to George Lucas, he's probably a little turned off by the response of, of modern audiences. Hmm. And yeah. Like, well, I can just quit. I've done my great movies. I mean, no one's going to take back to the future away from me. He's obviously not going to do more back to the future stuff. He's pretty adamant about that. So mm-hmm. Who knows? I mean, I'd like, you know, I don't know. I don't know what he'll, what he'll do. Maybe one day he'll finally get to make his Yellow Submarine movie. Right. Interesting. He was going to make that for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, with that in mind, I, I wanted us to to quickly count down our, our top three Zemeckis films that specifically aren't Back to the Future or Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That's not me necessarily saying that they're absolutely number ones for any of you guys, but I feel like if I had to guess, they'd probably be in the top three at least. And he has a pretty wide filmography. So I figured this would be more interesting if we could get eliminate those from the from the process. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, see, so let's start with you. What's your what are, what are your top three Zemeckis movies? Sorry, not counting Roger. Not Rabbit counting Roger Rabbit. <laughs> this was hard. This was hard because I I I'm very hard with myself on these. I want to pick the three movies that I would keep if I had to get the other movies that had to be zapped out of existence, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I was spending a lot of time thinking about Castaway, which I, the, the 80 or 90 minutes when he's on the island is as good as anything Zemeckis ever did. Mm-hmm. Ending isn't quite as strong as that. I was thinking about you used cars, which is a great example of early Zemeckis when he was riding with Bob Gale, these crazy anarchic, yeah. I want to hold your hand, 1941, these really dark, satirical, funny, outrageous movies. But I had to just come down to the three that I would put in a box set if I had a five movie box set of Zemeckis and the other two were Back to the Future and and, and Rabbit. 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 
Number three would be um, the Polar Express, which mm -hmm. I don't think that there are very many good uh, Christmas movies that have ever been made. I think the list of the list of America's 10 favorite Christmas movies is about eight movies on there that I genuinely don't like. And I know that we all like them because we watched them with our Uncle Harry, whatever. But I think the actual story, especially when we're talking about not comedies, like straightforward Christmas movies that are supposed to be sort of wonderful. I don't know if there's a better one than Polar Express. My favorite Christmas movie is Bad Santa, which is, of course, a crest. But <laughs> as far as a straightforward um I mean, the Polar Express, it, it exports the feeling of winter and cold yeah. better than even The Revenant does. And it's like you're inside <laughs> that train and it's cozy. And it, I right. find it to be a pretty magical, kind of an austere movie that I really, especially in the 3D, when I saw it in the in the, in the original 3D IMAX, I was really, really thought it was amazing, an amazing achievement. Um, so I stick with that one for number three. And yeah, the Uncanny Valley is there, but you're 10 minutes into the movie when you figure out that that's the thing. Okay, this special yeah. effect is not quite ready for prime time yet. Am I just going to throw the baby out with the bathwater or am I going to see what else this filmmaker who I, I already know I like has got up his sleeve? And in the case of Polar Express, it's everything else other than the sort of dead eye thing is mm -hmm. pretty wonderful. Um, number two, Beowulf, a great mm -hmm. movie that is probably the least Robert zemeckis movie he ever made and probably will be more popular if it hadn't been the continuing backlash of Polar Express because Beowulf is one of the best American dark fantasy movies ever. It's a great script by Roger Avery and Neil Gaiman, and 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 it's it's you know it's based on this incredibly old English text that contains so many unassailably true uh, and undateable sort of impressions of what it's like to be a human being. Mm -hmm. You know, some of the first impressions are written down, and, and the movie really keys into that. It's just a terrific movie that I can't. I don't understand why it's not more of a beloved classic, although I know Aaron loves it. We'll get there. And number one uh, for me is Forrest Gump. I think Forrest Gump is probably his second best movie overall. I don't think that it's a conservative movie. I think that it is a movie that lampoons both sides of that counterculture slash um, silent majority break that happened in the 60s. And it investigates that 30 years with these two characters and these things that befall them, but I think it's a beautiful movie, and and I and it's similar to Titanic in the way it struck a chord when it came out, and um and it's similar to Titanic, the backlash is huge, and now of course it's accused left and right of being this conservative screed, but I don't see that in the movie at all. I think it's more about uh, it's a, as Ebert called it, it's like a fantasy of reconciliation between the two sides, the counterculture side and the silent majority side I, I, I think it's just a beautiful movie the one time that he other than roger rabbit maybe he really sort of becomes like a poet a poet a little bit i'll say mm -hmm. well, very cool great great abe where, where are your three yeah i mean just to give a backstory zemeckis is a really fun director i've enjoyed a lot of his movies from way back when um he does a lot of like weird wacky hijinks i remember thinking to myself when i was very young and i watched frame roger rabbit i was like i was actually kind of scared by the reveal of of christopher um lloyd yeah christopher lloyd kind of just going with his red eyes and you know how the acid actually works with all these tunes uh, and so there's there's a lot of fun nostalgia value in these movies and i enjoy what bob zemeckis does i call him bob because I have his phone number. Um, so yeah, I have his email. It's bob.zemeckis at gmail.com. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't buy his own domain. It's just bob at zemeckis.com or something. But he's, he's a really fun director. You know, he shows up in like 
again like he's he's part of like this old club like this usc club so he's got like the 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 uh um george lucas's of the world uh in his phone number and his rolodex and you know he loves like um those old timey movies but um what was that movie where it's just like directed by bob zemeckis or by robert zemeckis like in the middle of a movie and everyone just laughed because it was like a oh uh, i'm thinking of ending things yes yeah yeah <laughs> where it's like why would this be here but, those random pull that charlie yeah, Kaufman, but it's such like, like a for. really like fun thing to have yeah. so he's been in my life for a long time and i, I quite enjoy his movies so yes aside from back to the future series and um roger, roger rabbit I was thinking about exactly what you were thinking about, Yancey, which is like, hey, if I were to introduce somebody to Robert Zemeckis and be like, this is like the weird guy that you could go and check out or um, find glimpses of how he's viewing things on the movie screen. First one here I have is um, Death Becomes Her. The movie where it's just like, if you want to see like wacky acting from three really good actors... (laughs) Here you go, but also like the the way that they created the effect of holes in people and how how dark darkly humored it is, but also how mean it is. Like there's some really mean things that that happened in this movie from uh, Bruce Willis and Meryl Streep. But I mean, it's it's such a a fun romp. Like you could watch this like any day of the week. Just be like, that was weird, right? And it's like, yeah, but I enjoyed it. And so Death Becomes Her is one of the ones that I, I, I don't go back to it often. I don't go back and visit to it often, but I do remember it was on a lot during like Saturday afternoon movies, like on, on sure. broadcast television. Uh-huh. Um, and then you watch it in full and you're like, oh, there's actually a lot more like they edited a lot of that uh, when uh, for television. But the other one that I would also call out is Beowulf. And exactly what you said, Yancey, and I'm sure what you're going to say, Aaron, Beowulf was pretty great. Like there's a lot of stuff in here that is not for kids, but at the same time, like, I don't know what the backlash would have been except for like, Oh yeah, this, I don't like these dead eyes, but the way that it is structured, the way, like what he can do with it, the voice acting that is involved, like Ray Winston and and whatever else phenomenal. Like I'm still freaked out by Grendel, like tearing at his face because the voice of like humans (laughs) across like the village. And I'm like, this is so like, it's such a Zemeckis thing to do. Just like, look at this ugly creature, but he's also like the baby of like this, this witch woman who like wants to like destroy the village. And here's, here's the, the great hero Beowulf. Like, I think if you rewatch it, you're just like, this is a really good story that the animation might've aged not as great, but for the time and for what he was doing there, that's like, that's like hundred percent Zemeckis. Like, you know, he's, he's like, I want to make this movie with the technology that I do have. And here it is. And people were just like, no, thanks. So that uh, Polar Express is not on there, but I do want to say like, I, do, I enjoy Polar Express quite a bit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I also was really uh, excited that maybe they were going to go Pinocchio style where Tom Hanks is also every character. Oh, yeah. They, they didn't do that. Kill me. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one that I want to uh, add to this DVD box set is Flight. Uh, and it's this movie where I hate you so much right now. <laughs> okay, uh, well, and you'll, you'll probably add to this, but what is interesting about it is like, well, what if I were to make this movie that is a dramatic movie about a national transportation safety board <laughs> hearing, but have a really dope ass plane crash in the middle of the movie. And I was like, this is also like weird Zemeckis at play right now. Like, how do I have these really good actors, Melissa Leo and Denzel Washington, and then have all these great supporting character actors, John Goodman, Don Cheadle, like whoever else is in the movie, 
and it's just based around again a, a hearing and then it becomes like this hero story but it's not a hero story it is there's just a lot and uh, of complexities there and i think that that's like you know this is not to uh, say that forrest gump is not is less than this but i think that it kind of takes upon them just be like well here's this story with multiple sides on it and i'm gonna make this like the, this adult drama but i still want to be robert zemeckis and have like really cool technology in this movie so here it is and you know it, it really works out so um those are my three but uh how about you aaron I will. There are things to admire about flight. I'm not trying to put you down. I it, 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 that that coin crash is it, pretty spectacular. Yeah. And like, is it the best movie? No. Like, but at the same time, like I I appreciate it for where he was at that point. This is like the 2010s or something like that. I and mean, he hadn't like what you guys were what we were just talking about. I don't think he's really had a hit in a while. But here it's like I see that he's still interested in visual effects. And here's how he could do this with this yeah, stripped down drama. Yeah. Yeah. I, hear you. Um, I mean, yeah, Beowulf is right there for sure. Yeah. It's I like I, I I'm surprised that it's not held up as some kind of like yeah. modern, not even not necessarily modern classic, but just like something that gets the kind of respect that other movies of its ilk or even other animated movies in general just get because it's, mm-hmm. you know, if you want like if you don't want Polar Express, fine. Like it's a seasonal thing. I can see it not being like a, you know, pick this up any time of the year and watch it. Beowulf is that. I mean, Beowulf is just like this insane action movie that's doubling as a pretty dark comedy. Like there's so much like, yeah. not necessarily parody, but there's certainly like because you have what uh, what's it, uh, Roger Avery and is it Gaiman that yeah that that, oh, that co wrote that wrote the script for this. Yeah, there's a lot of like knowing sensibilities going on and what it's trying to do and say like how the dialogue comes out that I think is inherently very funny um, in addition to being you know thrilling and exciting and cool and what like it's got so much going for it it has a fantastic cast um, mm-hmm. top to bottom like even the like minor roles are filled in but you know oh, like Crispin Chris, Chris Glover like you said or you know Robin Wright coming in or right. what uh, there's just a like and the fact that even this Zemeckis is like I'm gonna make a like a hundred million dollar mocap movie and I'm gonna cast a you know random British gruff actor to play the lead role of Beowulf a like six foot five golden god <laughs> like he's, he's gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna have to have Ray Winstone be the lead of that um he just he fits like it's insane to me but he does it and i mean i've watched i've watched this movie plenty like it's super fun it, and it's like that it's gory like it's a it's a it's yeah. a pretty because it's something like we i think we like about like tintin abe as far as you're getting to see a director get to play right you get like he's he's mm-hmm. he gone are the boundaries of where you can put a camera because he can do it virtually now and he goes for it like there's yeah. so much you know effort put into diving around the screen and doing everything you that you can't do in live action that I think he really afforded himself here, which says the same for Polar Express and Christmas Carol. Uh, Christmas Carol, I think, is wildly underrated as far as that goes. I think Jim Carrey's giving one of his best performances of the, like, 17 that he does in that movie. He's great mm-hmm. in Christmas Carol. Yeah, like another movie where he's playing everybody. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, Beowulf is for sure on my list. Uh, Contact um, Ooh, is also yeah. there. Um I I don't know what else <laughs> to extrapolate on contact beyond the fact that it's just great sci-fi. Like it's a great philosophical movie. It's a great movie about considering what's out there and what to do about that. It's a great movie about, I mean, we talked a lot about kind of putting sides, not necessarily against each other, but like, you know, 
contrasting sides against each other. And here's a movie that talks a big deal about, you know, science and the nature of the unknown or what have you, along with religion and how that factors in between Jodie Foster's character and Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. Again, it's the Mecca, so you can just kind of assume there's a great cast, but there is a great cast here. Um, it's a it's a big meaty movie. It takes its time to establish what needs to happen, what's going on, and why, and where it goes from there. And it gives you this kind of, I know at the at the time people were underwhelmed by the finale, but I do think the finale is I well worth. It's well worth what that buildup is for, as yeah. far as seeing, you know, after all these you know debates and negotiations and even horrific things that happen to get us to a certain place, we get there, and then we're going to see what that journey is going to be. And it, I think it just absolutely delivers uh, in yeah. like all the right ways. So, I mean, I, 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 I think contact is pretty great um, yeah. for Zemeckis. I think it's absolutely something he was just dialed in on as far as how to accomplish that. And that's coming after my other movie, Forrest Gump, which I agree completely with Yancey. I like there's it. I feel like it's very easy to be incredibly cynical about Forrest Gump. Um, yeah. But that takes away from just the majesty of that movie and why it became the runaway hit that it was. Like the movie was a giant blockbuster when it came huge. out; like it was huge, yeah. and it and it fittingly won the awards it won. Like, sure, yeah. like do I like Pulp Fiction more? Yes, but like it's not doesn't take away from like how good Forrest Gump is. Like it's a it's a fantastic movie with with wonderful performances, including you know not just Tom Hanks of course, but you have Sally Field and Michael T. Williams and. I mean, there's, there's, and Gary Sinise, of course, he's a spaceman. Yeah, and like, Wright. there's Robin Wright. Like, there's, it, it, it's a wonderfully human movie that happens to be set in this kind of fantastical take on America, yeah. Amer- Americana. Um, yeah. that, that just, I, I mean, I, it's not like I haven't watched it in a while and I have rose colored goggles on. I, I'm, I watched it recently and it's like, this movie's just wonderful all the way through. Like, I, it I really is. get so much out of this every time. And the end just breaks my heart. <laughs> like, as yeah. far as like where right. it goes. Yeah, again, like Zemeckis works a lot with uh, the people that he really likes, so I really like the score from this. Oh yeah, so cinematography is fantastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. that and like Castaway, like he's got he's, he's I mean every movie that Sylvester scores with with Zemeckis is pretty good. I haven't seen his most recent stuff, but even in Pinocchio, I did you know hearing the score, I'm like, well, Sylvester's here, he's doing his job. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that that cinematography in uh, Forrest Gump is pretty spectacular. I love when he's talking to Jenny. And it just flashbacks yeah. to like to it's different beautiful. parts. Like this is just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, when he talks about this, I saw the the, the desert yeah. at night. And I saw the yeah, exactly. And you know, two yeah. two skies look like you're just not sure, and you know, heaven on earth kind of stuff. It's beautiful. There's stuff. no defense against that movie. I'm not a dumb guy, so I think I think people just backlashed against it because it was so popular. Mm. Well, cool. I'm happy we went over. Yeah. I think I think there's plenty of highlights there. Uh, yeah. You know, like I look at Pinocchio and I put it fairly low in his list, but it's you know it's because th- there's a lot of movies I like <laughs> from him. Yeah, is yeah. really good, dependable. Yeah, yeah. And, and you mentioned this earlier too, like the witches, like you know, like well, it's I don't think it's um like the the best, but it's also like it is still weird, and that's when I appreciate Zemeckis the most is like when he's being weird. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, I pick these '90s movies that he has where it's a little more sentimental. But yeah, like you mentioned, you see used cars and whatnot, like and and Dave Death Becomes or like yeah. he has this, you know, this kind of dirty side to him where he like yeah. very digs into his sense of humor. Stuff, right. Yeah, a lot of, of satire be- too, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's not short on it, that's for sure. Yeah. Even Beowulf, even some- Beowulf has a lot of jokes like that. Tons <laughs> like, of it, yeah. But even some of the stuff in Back to the Future is like it's pretty like raunchy and like weird and dark at times too. Anyway. All right. Well, we've talked about Pinocchio, we've talked about Zemeckis. 
what um hey what um what <laughs> good because, stall good stall it's because i have to do like i have to switch the audio you got, yeah you gotta switch the audio out <laughs> what's going on here what what time is it now it's time for a couple quick games here Little known fact, that's actually the noise that comes out of the Blue Fairy's uh, wand when she grants the wish to Pinocchio and Geppetto. Yeah, we, we didn't talk at all about just one scene. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, Arivo's fine. Like, yeah, she's got a good song. She's good great great vocals. Yeah. Uh, guys, the first game here I get for you guys is called There Ain't No String On Me. Strings On Me. This is a song in which I will sing, I will not sing, I will talk sing a specific Disney lyric and then you have to finish the verse. I will stop dead at one oh boy. point, and you just have to finish the verse. Okay. Okay. So if you buzz in, if you know, if you think that you can finish the verse, buzz in with these your are, name. Yeah, buzz in with your name. These are all just Disney animated films with music, obviously. First one here. Go ahead, make your choice. I'm a very busy woman, and I haven't got all day. It won't cost much. Just. I feel like I I know the where this is from but i do not know this lyric <laughs> uh yancy i think yancy. i know just your voice yes yeah ah, it rhymes yeah. a choice just your voice <laughs> it won't cost much just your voice it's your talk singing that's gonna throw me off <laughs> <laughs> that's what makes it hard i guess and there's not many in this one there's, there's only a few more here. okay the next one here uh oh isn't it amazing it's my favorite part because you'll see here's when she meets Prince Charming, but Yancy, Yancy, she won't discover that it's him till chapter three. There yes, yeah. this is where coming. <laughs> this is where having kids comes in handy. <laughs> yeah, I love Beauty and the Beast. I do yeah. love Beauty and the Beast, but yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> this next one here, a whole new world, a dazzling place I never knew, but when I'm way up here, it's Aaron. Aaron, crystal clear. Crystal clear is correct. I know my right. Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> the next one here. Anna would be great at this game. <laughs> if this is where the monarchy is headed, then count me out. Out of service, out of Africa, I... Yancy. Yancy. I wouldn't hang about. I wouldn't hang nah, about. Okay. Yeah, that's that Mr. Bean for you. Yeah. <laughs> the last one here. You mean John Oliver? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> You know, he's not a bad Zazu. He's John Oliver Innocent, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Next one here. If I was him and asked. <laughs> Give me the secret man cub. Clue me what to do. Give me the power of man's red flower. So? Oh. Uh, I mean, Yancey, I'm not sure. I, so I can be like you? Yes, that's correct. Ah. <laughs> All right. So I can be like you. Oh, ooby doo. Uh, Yancy, you won that game four to one. Woo! Nice. We move on to this next game here. It's called On a Scale of Father Son Edition. These are movies in which there's a father son relationship, probably at the heart of the movie. But you guys both get a chance because I am going to ask you what you think the Metacritic score is. Oh, for Metacritic. Okay. Oh, yeah, boy. So right. Metacritic goes from zero to 100. That's fine. Um, and uh, again, each of you guys would both get a chance to go. So the first one here, Legends of the Fall. Uh, Yancy, you are the guest this week, so you get to go first. What do you think the Metacritic score is for Legends of the Fall? 
I just want to say I love Legends of the Fall. I know Great it got bad reviews when it came out, but I love it to the end yeah. of my life. I bet you the Metacritic is like 56. 56. Okay. Aaron, what about you? I haven't watched that movie since the 90s. It's constantly in my queue of like, well, I have the DVD <laughs> or the Blu-ray. <laughs> I should watch this. Um, Gosh. He's saying 50. I, I guess I go lower because I don't think it's going to be much higher. Uh, 49. It is 45. So wow. You get that point. <laughs> okay. yeah. they, they didn't like it. Uh, I also have tiebreakers here, uh, just in case you guys get something both, but okay. it is 7.5 on IMDb. So it's 7.5 uh, on IMDb. Yeah, clearly a huge difference there. The 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 twenty the eighteen to thirty four year olds love that fucking movie. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> unless you're the Brad Pitt thing. Yeah, Aaron, you got that one. The next one here, Road to Perdition. Aaron, you get to go first. What do you think the Metacritic score for Road to Perdition is? I feel like that's well reviewed, but not like over the top. So I'm gonna say like seventy seven. Okay, Yancy, what about you? I think you're right in, 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 in that it was well reviewed, but not spectacularly reviewed. I'm gonna say seventy. It is 72. Yancey, you get that one. Nice. Ooh. All right. Yeah. The next movie here is Nebraska. Yancey, what do you think the Metacritic score for Nebraska is? For Alexander Payne, I would say it's probably 80. 80. Okay. And then what about you, Aaron? That's a good guess. Hmm, we're good at this. <laughs> yeah, you guys are both pretty good. I'm surprised by this. This is so a far. good competition right here. Yeah. Yancey and I had Metacritic scores. <laughs> um, I, will, I will give it an even slash odd 75 75 let me just do some quick math here oh so it's in between <laughs> yeah uh yancy you get that one. Oh wait no i think that's actually right in between is it 77 <laughs> no it's 87 no yes you get that one yeah no, he, said, he said 80 what, what do i yeah. say <laughs> yeah for whatever i thought it was 77 too and i was like no no, no that's not right Okay. Yeah, so you get that one. It's, it's that's 80. high. Wow, I didn't think the I, I mean, I they love Nebraska. It was yeah. well reviewed. It's like that's high for Metacritic. Like that's really yeah, high. Seven point yeah. seven on IMDb. So I mean, I love Nebraska. I think it's fantastic. I love yeah, Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, you got to go first. This is the next one. There will be blood. This is my son. HW. About my child. Um. <laughs> Peter P P Tom's. Um, I was gonna say PW. It's like no, it's not him. Um, no, no. There will be blood. Let's say, let's say eighty nine. Eighty nine. Okay, Yancy. God, that's good. <laughs> Bet you it's real close to that. But I'm gonna just go. The smart move is to go a little lower because then I get anything that's lower. <laughs> oh, 90. 90. It is ninety three. Yeah. Wow! <laughs> you get... His last minute switch to higher. Yeah, running away. I was like, "Oh, he shouldn't go lower." Keeping the audience on their toes. Yeah, this is great. Um, Aaron, you get to go first. Or Aaron, did you get there where we bled? I went. I went okay. first. So Yancy, you get to go first in the next one here. Boyhood. Richard Linklater's Boyhood. Boyhood. Um, there was a surprisingly little bit of pushback on that one, considering how good I thought it was. I, I bet you it's probably something like 80, 85? 85. Okay. Aaron, what about you? I think it still hits so many number ones on top 10 lists, so it makes me think it's got to be pretty high. Yeah. I will give it an even 90 an even 90 it comes in at an even 100 
Fuck you, really? <laughs> yeah. I was surprised at this too. Wow. Like, amazing. Yeah. It's pretty hard to say, don't go see that movie. It's no good. I mean, 100, yeah, boyhood. You know, I mean, 100, like, you know, they grade by score. I mean, that, they that's have like, like 17 reviews, probably not 187, like Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> it's, it's boyhood. It's got to be seen. That, I mean, 100. That, that doesn't they, happen on Metacritic they, very yeah. often. Like, that does not happen. The only other one that I saw that was 100 was The Godfather, which is not a clue oh. on our thing here. 7.9 on IMDb. So, you know, there you go. Um, Boyhood, Yancey, you went first. So, Aaron, you get to go first here. Field of Dreams. Um, <laughs> oh, poor Aaron. <laughs> I know. Aaron's favorite actor, Kevin Costner. Um, I mean, I, I mean, it's a Best Picture nominee, right? So, um, was it a Best? It was Best Picture nominee, right? Sentimental Best Picture choice, but it was a nominee, right? It was, it, I don't remember. I don't remember. I want to say it is okay. We'll look that up later. Yeah. Um. As you guys are thinking, I'll, I'll say seventy three. Seventy three, okay. Um, and then Yancy, what about you? There's going to be less reviews for that one because it's eighty eight or whatever. I know Ebert gave it four. I know USA Today gave it three. Mm-hmm. I but there were some people who really were rejecting the corniness of it. What did you guess, Aaron? Seventy three. Seventy three. All right, then I'm just going to shoot from the moon and say. Oh, I can't do it. No, I'll just go higher. 75. 75. Before I give you the answer, uh, Field, Field of Dreams was nominated for Best Picture, Best Writing, and Best Music. Original okay. score. Uh, did not win any of them. Just nominated. Yeah. The uh, correct answer is 57. So Aaron, oh, wow. you get that one. Okay. Yeah. So, they yeah, did not was... like that movie. Hey, 57 is uh, not terrible. But yeah I, yeah, I get it. Like it's It's low for that kind of thing. Uh, the next one here, um, Yancy, you get to go first. The Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, I bet you the Royal Tenenbaums is like a 77. Okay. The second Yancy said that, Royal realized it was true. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. Um, Wes Anderson would be proud. He's standing He's standing right next to me. He's clapping for you. <laughs> I, I mean, by default, that's probably got to be the best reviewed anderson movie maybe outside of like fantastic Mr. Fox. does royal climb higher from that i'll say 81 81 i love your internal monologue and thinking it adds a lot to the show um it is 76 yancy you were just ooh, ooh, yeah. real close real close uh this one here aaron fences denzel washington's fences where does this i gotta like you um <laughs> <laughs> uh fences I'll, hmm. I'll say that's 76 76 Yancy what about you 80 80 it is 79 Yancy wow. <laughs> going for it okay just a few more here the score is uh five to three in favor of Yancy so Aaron okay. if you go on a, a huge run here and this would be right, your that's game. my plan yeah <laughs> Uh, Yancy, you gotta go first here. Finding Nemo. Oh boy, that's gotta be 97. 97. Aaron, what about you? Well, you're not making this easy. (laughs) (laughs) Yancy came to play. Um, because it's probably like on Broad today, it was probably like 99. (laughs) Oh gosh, 
what do you say? Seven, 97? Yeah. 97. Well, fuck you, 98. 98. You should have gotten lower because it's 90. <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, speaking of fish, uh, Aaron, big fish. Hmm. I even escape into the good territory for like, critics. Not a best picture nominee. Um, does have Dane DeVito in it though? Metacritic favorite, Dane DeVito. Yeah. Uh, 62. 62. Okay. And Yancey, what do you think? Oh, 70. 70. You should have gotten lower because it's 58. Aaron, you get the Ooh, answer. all right. And the last one here, Beginners. Yancey, what do you think Beginners has? The Ewan McGregor. I like how eclectic this list is. Yeah. Like this list here. Um, uh, Ewan McGregor and uh, and Christopher. Chrissy Plums? Yeah. 93. That was a movie that everybody liked more than me. So I'm going to say 93. And it does have an Academy Award win. 93. Uh, Aaron, what do you think? I do like that movie. I like Plummer in it. I like. I think there's a lot of ways to steer wrong. You with definitely the, deserve like, that Oscar. Yeah. Like you know, like the old man becomes gay, and like it's like I think there's a lot of ways to do that poorly. I think this movie does it pretty well, but um, very heartfelt ending. I still, I'd still go lower. Uh, I'll, I'll say eighty-one. Aaron, hmm? it is eighty-one exactly. <laughs> oh, not a beginner over here. That was eleven <laughs> questions. Aaron, you went on a run, but you needed all three. You didn't get it. Yancey, you're this week's winner in games. Six to five. I mean, I'm the guest. I should be the winner. <laughs> it, was a, it was a tight race, though. I, I, we should I, do that I, more. That was fun. Eric. I respect this win very much. I, I, Abe always tries to challenge me with the honest scale ups because he thinks I'm too good at it. So yeah, I'm very happy too that good. Yancey was able to here, challenge here, I'll give you guys this. Win. What do you think the IMDb score for beginners is? Aaron's probably going to get it right on the head. IMDb score for beginners? Yes. Hmm. Like 7.1. Okay. Yancey, what do you think? 7 points. Uh... Crap. Uh, 6.9. It is 7.2. This is why I can't <laughs> this is why I can't use the MDB score. Like it's a movie. I have Aaron not, is too good at, at I haven't MDB thought about score. beginners forever. But somehow, like the IMDB score, I'm just like, I, you know. People like it like this. It's 7.2. <laughs> like it, but it's like it's got a gay thing. This so is why we have to use the Metacritic score here. <laughs> like Nobody got like, 100 for field the or for, for boyhood. I can crush rotten tomatoes. That's for some reason is easy. That's like yeah, the easiest one for I think. Metacritic's for got some challenge. Like you gotta really through and yancy you read reviews you, you you're pretty good at this so yeah. yeah you're great at this yancy <laughs> thank you yeah well that was games this week great well thanks for those games. games abe that was very fun yeah. let's move on to our one of our last segments here let's get some out now feedback 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 this is where we go over the various questions and answers on our facebook page facebook.com slash podcast we have a number of questions of listeners they get some answers uh yeah see we're gonna go through some questions feel free to throw in your thoughts if you have any to go with these yeah, the okay. first question here is, what are your favorite films featuring um, puppets? Uh, Luke has South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Uh, Mr. Hat, he's talking about specifically. Scott has Being John Malkovich, John Malkovich, John Malkovich. Uh, Jason has Meet the Feebles. Jeff has Team America World Police. Todd has any and all Muppet movies, of course, but I also want to shout out the Lonely Goat Herd sequence from The Sound of Music and the Dracula Puppets from Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which I think the name yeah, of that musical was just um, Dracula Musical, I think, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, Chris has definitely Meet the Feebles or Gremlins. 
Justin writes Star Wars and the Dark Crystal. Soul has Fantastic Mr. Fox and I Love Dogs. And Michael Lee has Saw, the first one, though. LOL. I, I hope in reference to Gremlins, if they're talking about the puppets, it's the scene where, like, the, the Gremlins putting up this, like, the big <laughs> yeah. puppet, like, going, meh, meh, meh. The, uh, the shadow puppets <laughs> yeah. at the movie theater. Yeah, <laughs> like, against. How did they get that giant hat on Abe Lincoln? <laughs> uh, favorite movies of puppets. Mm-hmm. Mm. I do like the Dracula musical sequence. That's really fun. It is pretty good. And some went for, I guess, puppets as far as they used puppets to make this come to life. So I can understand where Star Wars and Dark Crystal factor in there. I guess I was thinking specifically that has puppets. <laughs> so... like, like the whole entire movie is full of puppets? Well, like that, like puppets are directly a part of the film. Like being John Malkovich, he's a puppeteer. <laughs> like... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's probably my answer. I being just... John Malkovich, John things, Malkovich? Things happen with puppets I haven't seen before, sure. There you go, yeah. And you got a puppet movie. movie? Muppet movie, easily. I Muppet love movie? Yeah, yeah Muppet movie. Yeah. Good. Great movie. He rides a bike. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next question here. Uh, what Disney film do you want to see remade, animated or otherwise? Brian White, friend of the show, writes National Treasure 2 because that one sucked. <laughs> Luke Thompson, friend of the show, writes The Black Cauldron, but do the full chronicles of the Pride Drain, Pride Dane this time. Chris has definitely up for a remake of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Oh. Jason writes The Little Girl That Lives Down the Lane. And Philip suggests Sleeping Beauty, directed by Guillermo del Toro. Uh, 20,000 Leagues is definitely my answer for this as well. That'd be that'd be fun. Um, hmm. Brother Bear? Brother Bear? No, we can't get... <laughs> if it gets Rick Moranis out of retirement, then sure. But if you're not going to live reaction remake it with Rick, without Rick Moranis, that's a no go. Um, I mean, we talked about the rescuers and the rescuers down under. I mean, I do love those characters, and I love like their little mouse like NATO organization. Yeah, but you need like you need Bob Bob Newhart to like it's like it's he's not... still around. <laughs> he's got a voice. <laughs> rescuers. <laughs> he's gonna wheel about. Like here, Bob, take the lines. <laughs> Uh yeah, I don't know. How about the Great Mouse Detect the Great Mouse Detective? There you go. Yeah, they yeah, they've never done a live action Sherlock Holmes before. <laughs> be With really a giant unique. rat. That'd be really unique. Come on. How about you, Yancey? Uh I don't know. You know, maybe the black hole or something. Yeah, there you go. Um, there yeah. should be a black hole movie like that. Yeah. Like do it again, but you know, not slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not slow. It's a slow movie. Think Joseph, uh, yeah. the uh, Top Gun guy, was going to do it after Tron. Kaczynski? Yeah, yes. uh, yeah, supposedly. Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, I mean, we should just really have the Brave Little Toaster live action. There you go. Just like it. <laughs> it's a real toaster. Just a toaster. Just, like... <laughs> just yeah, drags just, it around. Yeah, yeah just drag... live action would be so awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah, have the Lonely Island guys do it. It's going to be great. Um, the next question here is Who are some of the great cinematic fairies? Adam Denture, friend of the show, has Meryl Streep's The Blue Fairy and AI Artificial Intelligence. Uh, Philip Heard has The One in Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, and Scott writes Fairies in Pan's Labyrinth. A lot of Pan's Labyrinth love. Cinematic fairies. What do you guys have? I have the three from Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, those are fairies, right? Those that uh-huh. that works I mean, for me. Fairy godmothers, but yeah, I mean, they're yeah, yeah. fairies. Yeah. Well, let's see. Obviously, Dwayne Johnson and the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> um, 
what movies have fairies? Like, I guess like Ferngully's all fairies, right? Yeah, uh, Tinkerbell uh, is like fairies a fairy. Any, any Peter Pan thing has fairies. all the Peter Pan movies, Peter Pan fairies. stuff. Yeah. Um. Um. You know, I'll, you know what? No, I'll go with what's your name. I'll go with Shrek 2. I'll go because she's the villain. Yeah. The fairy god. The fairy, the fairy, no, it's the fairy godmother. Oh, the fairy godmother. Yeah. Yeah. She sings holding out for a hero. Exactly. Like, a great action sequence in a DreamWorks movie. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's great. I can't wait for them to redo it. A live action. <laughs> yeah. Not with Regis anymore, unfortunately. No. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next question Who are your favorite movie bugs or insects? Uh, Ty Levy now writes Mothra. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. Chris has The Fly. Oh, okay. <laughs> Philip has Mr. Grasshopper and James of the Giant Peach. That's a good answer. Yeah. He sings James to Sleep at one point, right? Sure. Uh, favorite bugs or uh, insects? Um, hmm. I don't think they made a Kafka movie about you know him turning into a giant bug. There is a Kafka movie, but yes, Jeremy Irons does not turn into a giant bug at the end of the movie. <laughs> not in the version we've seen so far, at least. Yeah, yeah maybe yeah. Soderbergh's working Soderberg's on a new. Yeah, maybe the new... Soderbergh's <laughs> doing it. No, he did. No, he did it. He did oh, he did it. He did a, oh. did a Kafka. Uh, well, he did Kafka. He did do the metamorphosis. He did do the metamorphosis. Yeah, where he turned into like a roach or whatever. But yeah, Jer- but at the end of it, Jeremy Irons does not turn into a bug. So I mean, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna. I, I really like the ladybug in A Bug's Life. I was gonna say that too, Dennis Leary. The oh, is great. there you go. Look at that, Yancey is just like on both of our our wavelengths today. I, I like the. Um, I like the. Got my answers. His feedback. Don't ask me why, but I was thinking about like a joke of a because th- they had D twenty three this weekend, right? So they announced all these Disney things, uh-huh. and I kept thinking, what if they announced the legacy sequel to A Bug's Life, except bugs don't live that long, so all the legacy characters have died, and it's just a new cast of characters. <laughs> yeah. <is> dark. <laughs> I know. That's more of an ants <laughs> sequel, if anything, than yeah. it's A Bug's Life. But I was just thinking about that. It's like, Sloan would love to do that. I was yeah. like, why have they ever made a sequel to A Bug's Life? And it's like, well, because they, all the bugs would have died. <laughs> oh. They're bugs. They don't live that long. No. There's no ant that's living 22 years. <laughs> Just make another one. <laughs> ant Armageddon every day. <laughs> uh, the next question here is, what are some great movies about being tempted down the wrong path? Catherine writes, The Devil Wears Prada. Scott has Al Pacino and The Godfather. Jeff writes, The Empire Strikes Back. Philip has A Man for All Seasons. Christopher oh. writes, The Devil's Advocate. Dracula Untold, The Witches of Eastwick. The Little Mermaid and Rock and Rule. Rock and Justin Rule. writes, wow. yeah. Uh, Justin writes, Jurassic Park comes to mind. And Ken, tall Ken, writes, tall Ken. I'm going to pick a little bit of a different answer on this and say, Goodwill Hunting. I guess he, he, he gets zagged there. He gets picked by the nat, nat, the NSA guys, right? The... And then he gives this long spiel to Sean about how Quaker State's going to be on the the blue special, blue light special. It's funny how that movie like is so like obviously written, and yet it's still a good movie. Like it's very it's very like screenwritery. Like look at all these scenes we wrote to design. Yeah, it was great scenes to it's, act it's in. It's because they uh, have Robin Williams making it really good. Well, it helps that yeah, they're good actors. Yeah. That's that's the yeah. key to it. it. But it like when you really I hear that, you when you break that movie down, it's a lot of like this is just like a lot of screenwriting. Like yeah. that feels like screenwriting. But you haven't given good. a monologue about you know. Uh, the the southern economic economic modalities in a bar here. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, how about uh, you guys? Any movies about going down the ro- being tempted about going down the wrong path? Pinocchio. Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah. There's no Pinocchio, certainly. Um. 
There's a lot, a lot of, of film noir are about yeah, that. Of, yeah, basically yeah. all double indemnity. There's my. I answer. was like, I was like, <laughs> every <laughs> Humphrey Bogart movie is, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, Sierra Madre. There's my treasure. Sierra Madre. There you my go. <laughs> I'm gonna say uh, uh, the Family Man, Nicholas Cage. There you go. Wrong path. Don Cheadle. I mean, it seems like that's the right path that he should have. Yeah. Isn't that the idea that he's like, well, he chose the wrong path? Yeah, he actually is on the wrong path right now, and he's got a reverse course. That's but I, I respect the, let's bring up Family Man, family man every week on this podcast. <laughs> now, apparently. Until Christmas, baby. Yeah, we'll just bring up Brett Ratner's movies all the time. No, um, no, no. Okay. movies. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, last question we have here. This is reference to the other film that released this week, Barbarian. Uh, what are some great movie examples of characters seeing a place they should not go into? Chris writes The Mist. Oh. Justin has, well, obviously Jurassic Park comes to mind. Also Event Horizon, Alien, and Get Out. Uh, Scott writes The Ruins and The Descent. And Philip has Big Trouble in Little China. Oh. Good answer. Uh, I mean, we talked about it earlier, but Finding Nemo. You know, Nemo, don't go see the butt. And he goes to see the butt. That's right. It's also temptation. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Two and Two for one. Also, did they really need Sophia the Seagull in this movie? No, I was thinking that too. We didn't mention that. Talk about something that. awkward. Not only is there Sophia the Seagull, but it's like, let's get you know, A-list actor Lorraine Bracco to voice like <laughs> Yeah, it's Lorraine Bracco. It's like that's I a didn't choice. know that. Yeah. Like But also like, I don't eat insects, I eat trash. Come on. <laughs> it's a but it's just you have you have this is 2022. I have no problem with Lane Baraka, but it's like that's a that's a weird out of nowhere choice, choice to have. It's like whatever key talents of the movie. <laughs> uh, what about you guys? Any places where characters should not go into? Uh, let's see. Well, Temptation and for this question, uh, Walk Hard. He shouldn't have done drugs. Shouldn't have done that. Uh, yeah, June was there to help him out, and he had to watch out for the Temptations and literally the Temptations watch because <laughs> <laughs> we have fun. Um, what I mean, we're talking about musicals, and yeah, why not? Uh, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Clint Eastwood's uh, Jersey Boys. There you go, Temptation. Cool. That's not a good movie. Um, don't go into, I mean, the Evil Dead trilogy. <laughs> don't, don't go in, yeah, don't go in the cabin, don't go under the deck, don't read exactly. the book, don't pick up the right. knife. <laughs> it's all about not doing just a lot of missteps in that movie. <laughs> Should have listened to your mom. All right. Actually, quick question here. Huh? In the original Friday the Thirteenth, uh, do they not? Are they not supposed to go into Jason's old house where his mom is? No, that, that's not an old house. I mean, they they're at the, camp. the they're at well, no, they're at the the summer camp because they're yeah. going to reopen the summer camp. That's yeah. why they're that's why they're there. Right. They just didn't and... have. They didn't think that you know the mother of the dead camper that got the camp closed was going to also be there murdering them. Yeah, like that's yeah, that's okay. the issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Spoiler. Right that'll, that, that'll, yeah, sorry. sorry. I, I spoiled the identity of the killer in front of the yeah. <laughs> Well, you know who's happy now? Everybody who's going to get that first call from Scream. Yeah, right. <laughs> that actually got me when I watched. I was like, it's Jason. And then I'm like, no, I guess I'm dead. <laughs> All right. Well, we've done it. That's our feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. And that is going to wrap up this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work by CurzelBlog.thecodeisEek.com. Everything I do is on over there. I'm also writing for Weed of Entertainment uh, for blue, for movie reviews and Why So Blue for Blu-ray and Criterion reviews. And I'm on Twitter, Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff over my Instagram, Abe.Mua, and Twitter.com slash Walrus Moose. Hashtag ain't no strings on me. Um, Yancy? 
Yeah, you know, Milky Way Blues, Blogspot. That's uh, watch that space for some new content eventually. Um, and I'm serious about that. Uh, Yancey cool. Jack on Twitter, Yancey Burns on Facebook, usual places, and here on this uh, wonderful show with you guys. Oh, thanks, man. Well, great. Yancey, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Thank you, Yancey. Of course. I had a great time, guys, always. You can find all the other episodes about Now 30 on iTunes, Audible, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, and HHWLOD. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Or Facebook.com slash outnowpodcast. Or tweet us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And our Instagram page, instagram.com slash outnow underscore podcast as well. And again, iTunes views ratings. Good to get those. Helps out Thank the show. Thank you so much. Uh, next, well, before next week, we do. Abe and I do plan to talk about Barbarian. Oh, we do. Yes, yeah, so we plan to have a special bonus episode covering that film because it's worth talking about. Uh, and then the next main episode, we're going to talk about The Woman King. So we have plenty of, and of course, plenty of stuff coming in the future, commentaries, the horror episodes and more. Uh, So once again, uh, thank you, Yancey. Thank you, listeners, for listening. And But that's going to do it for this week's show. So until next time, so long and goodbye. Mm-hmm.